Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Darren McCarty this week on Top 5 for Fighting. Let's get after it. We're going to talk about it this week on Top 5 for Fighting. Dozens and dozens of years, decades of years. Decades of years. That's... First of all, first of all, give spoilers. Okay, we are, oh, we yeah, are yeah. going to talk about spoilers. That here. would have been a huge dick if, move. Get the Charmin. Greg's going <laughs> to shit on something. Tell you this. what's going on. There's a bunch of monkeys looking like they're fucking a coconut. Literally anything in the goddamn fridge. Two hours later, you've got a Haitian mudslide going on, and then it's just you're like, why did I do this? Here we go. I, He's I got really, that look on his face. Really like he's getting ready to punch a this, baby. Yeah, this this movie was a bag of dicks for me. He used to run through the house, just hauling <laughs> nothing ass, but underwear, hauling naked too. His underwear, hauling ass. I'm gonna have me some fun. <laughs> I'm gonna have me some fun. All right. Well, we got a big week. Yeah, I'd say got a got a big week. It's all right. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking to um, uh, one of Mike's heroes there, Darren McCarty. Yeah, um, state of Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, we got we got the Super Bowl coming up this week. In house, in town, hometown team. Not only that, Greg. My birthday is Sunday. And and Mike's birthday Super is Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, is really my birthday. How does it get any better than that? It's flying under the radar. How's it get any better than that? The Super Bowl is. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> I'm like Chappelle on on this coming Friday. It's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Like Rick James all weekend. Darkness. So much took Monday off. Yeah, we uh, getting after it. We've been closed this Monday. We've been closed for over a year. Yeah. As soon as as soon as uh, the boss found out and realized, he's like, "Don't even book anything for over Why a year." Why in the world is it not a holiday? Just put the game on Saturday. Just or or just put or, the game on Saturday. Or let's just move the game to fucking Saturday. I don't so get everyone it. Can enjoy it properly. I don't get it. I know that Sunday's about football, but come again for the thousandth time. Come on, guys. Come on. I mean, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred thousand times. What are we doing? What are we doing? It just absolutely blows my mind. I don't get it. It's so dumb. But we won't even go into it. Um, makes as much sense as what is a catch? That's <laughs> what the NFL does. They they excel in making shit stupid. Uh. I, Especially some easy shit. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, where do you want to start? What do you want to do? I, I mean, we can... I, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah? I don't have much because I spent the whole time getting ready for this. Our, do, we, do we call it an interview or just our time to hang out with Darren McCarty? Um, I don't know. Why don't we go ahead and get Darren our, out of the way? Our discussion with Darren yeah. McCarty. So that's what we're gonna do. Don't tempt me. I'll I'll lead with it. I'll call him right now. I think we should. All right. I'm All right. Do it right now. We're gonna be right back. Yeah. There we are. We're on YouTube. All right. Good to go. Big day. It looked like we're good to go. It's a big day. It's almost like we know what we're doing. Take it home, baby. Fake it till you make it. Did you get the info back yet? I haven't sent it to him yet. Oh. Yeah. Well, I figured I figured you could go ahead and shoot that shit out there. Let's All get right. this underway. I've only been waiting for it for I don't know a your week. whole life. Well, yeah, I mean, since I was a wee one, a, a wee little hockey fan before I even knew what disappointment was. All right. Then I started getting older, realizing how much it sucks to lose to the Leafs in the playoffs. <laughs> that was that was rough. Right. That was my first real bout with disappointment. 
the early years. All right, it has been sent. The dead thing years. Here it comes. But relax yourself, calm yourself, deep breath. I honestly, it's been pretty cool. Like ten years ago, I'd have been probably peeing in my pants right now. But yeah, yeah. But now, but now you're a social media badass, and it's totally, (laughs) totally easy to make this happen. Yeah. But no, um, yeah, pretty excited. Kept kept my shit together. Did actual research, Greg. Not that I had to do much research. Hopefully, pretty much. I'm just trying to fix the lighting, guys. This is this is all new to us, so please don't make too much fun of us. His career pretty closely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, he's a legend in Detroit. Of course he is. Ever since March 26, 1997, that was a magical day. The brawl. We'll get it. I watched the uh, rewatched the sit down with him and Claude Lemieux that they did years later. Now I want to tell him it's been sent just, just to make sure that he knows. Yeah. It's from to tell him. And obviously it's from us top five for fighting email. So yeah, I'm sure he'll know. Um, yeah, there was a sport. Uh, in fact, I'll save it for, for when he's on here because I, it's been a long time since I'd seen it, but I went back and rewatched it and both of them sitting side by side. It was, it was, uh, it's a must. It's on YouTube. You can watch. There's like four parts. It's like a half an hour show. I really wanted to watch it. Uh, obviously, I'm not steeped in Detroit Red Wings history like you are. Um, You're about to go to school, kid. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got. I have always been a Red Wings fan because obviously, being and I'll again, I have things I was going to say to sure. him, you know. But we will get into it as soon as we get him in the room here. But um, that was right around the time when the Red Wings started getting a lot of national television. You know, and there wasn't there wasn't hockey on like then like now like there or back then like there is now because say early it 90s. was it was ninety well it was ninety four ninety five oh you know and obviously ninety six was when they won the when they won it for the first time in forty two years I think it was but it was you actually got to see the playoffs but being from down here being from down here right there was there wasn't any hockey it was ninety seven and they hadn't won it in since fifty five I think it was forty two years is what Crazy. I what I saw. Uh-oh. All right. Thankfully, here he is. Not the Leafs. But without further ado, let's bring the man in. Detroit legend, my all-time favorite Red Wing. Obviously, you know, you could pick one of many. Darren McCarty. What's up? D-Man, you hear me all right? How are you, sir? Holy crap. Can you hear me all right? Yes, oh, sir. Dude, absolutely. How are you doing today? I could. Oh, fuck. If I was any better, I'd be twins. It'd be Armageddon, fellas. <laughs> I was on fire. They had me on national news this morning. I saw. I, I got your text. I I'm gotta, like, God, you know, I, I talked to you Saturday. Since then, you're like already in the national news. You're all over the media in Detroit with the. Uh, and by the way, great job with the Let Them Play rally in Lansing for the kids. Fantastic. Well, you couldn't be there, bro. You're down there fucking slopping back Detroit, Coney Island, fucking dogs. Hey, freezing. Right. We're freezing. What? 65? No, dude. 50s. Bro, it's like 57 today. 50s. I love it. I like the cold. It's, I mean, it's. Dude, I, guys, I understand that, that exactly down there. And the beauty, here's the beauty. It works both ways because I always went down there opposite. Like, go down there in the summer and come back here in the winter. I'm fucked up. But the minute I come back here in the summer, I don't sweat. Be drinking coffee on the golf course. My guys are pounding beers. They're dying and shit like that because of that Florida heat. And then, but when you go down in that 50 feels, if you've been up here, if you haven't been up here at all and your body hasn't readjusted, like you're fucked. I'll go down there right now. I'm, I'm trying to get that. I was going to let you know this. I was, I'm trying to get down there Sunday to Thursday. Um, cause my boy, 
one of uh, my boy Aaron, he uh, he's got a spot down um, in St. Pete, so I'm gonna try to come back and play some golf and just get away for a minute because I got a whole bunch of things are just getting blown up even more, boys. So you know, it's well, you know, hey, it's, like, it's the old. Like it's I told you old, yesterday, bring your skates. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I, I, de I definitely uh, might. Maybe not this trip. Maybe the next right. trip. Mike, do you After really I... want to be on the ice at the same time as him? I mean, are you are you glutton for a punishment? I mean, hey, he's a he's a legend. Could dude. you imagine coming into work on a Monday with a shiner and saying, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I was on the ice with Darren McCarty. What do you think happened? I had to let him give me a good one. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's the oh. difference. You got to you got to say he played back. At the end of real man's hockey, so you're gonna come out of there with, it's, it's you're not gonna come out of there with like an elbow and stuff, but you might have a couple like you know bruises on the back of your leg or couple little chops. Darren, that's or, a bad. My favorite, my favorite is off the draw, right? You just bang your stick right down the top of the guy's skate. <laughs> they don't like that either. You do that, hey, you do that to the little rats like the Matt Cooks and the the rutus and stuff like that you like you do it to the rats they won't fight the so. rat marshan i'm all about that right in the side right, exactly, right exactly like a rat like that that wouldn't fight right so you gotta yeah. there's certain ways but you know the game's changed i'm talking about the old days that's yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because i do want to get to that but one of the um i i know i told you this on saturday i just started reading your book which i have right here called The Last Fight. This is the best. The true story of a hockey rock star. And it's got a picture of you on there singing with, with your band. Um, Grinder, right? Yeah. I remember. Yeah, Grinder's actually COVID. Are, are we allowed to swear? Uh, let Fucking A, man. Grip uh, it, rip it, son. Uh, well, I was, I, you know, I, COVID fucked Grinder. Right. Because uh, we were all set to get back out there. It's it's funny because, like, along with my story and and – you know, you'll be able, because I wrote that book on Clearwater Beach with Kevin Allen back in 2012, 13, when I was, and I was still drinking and you'll see the end of the book. And I even, I even did an epilogue in the paperback version, which updated a year later. And I still was drinking there. I wasn't drinking as heavily, but I was on my journey. Right. I look back now to where I'm at. I've been sober for five years, you know, 11, 11. I got a tattooed right there. It's my sobriety date. Nice. Um, but, you know, which leads into it's even deeper. So Kevin and I, I think we're going to work on uh, something else. But it's it's great. Listen, Mike, it's yeah. shitter read, bro. It's shitter oh. read. You can, James Patterson, if you ever read James Patterson novels, the best part is that you can, like, be getting off the bus and then finish a chapter and then move on or be, like, waiting in line somewhere and pull it out. It's, it's very compact. And the way that I wrote the book, it's each chapter stands by itself. Right. There is a chronological order, but the the biggest thing is that if you notice, every chapter has a song, and it has a song lyric. Yep. Now, if to have the full, this is what I implore everybody to do. If you want the, uh, it's like the scratch and sniff version, <laughs> right? But now we're getting it's it's even more. But when you if you listen to the song as you read. The chapter it puts you in it's as close to the mental space that i can help navigate to somebody because for me and i understand that and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the let them play 
when when you have mental health issues the number one answer at least for me and if you're like me and a kids with ADD and ADHD and this and stuff like that it's the why tell me why I can't do this tell me why I act this way tell me why now me personally right they kept telling me I was an alcoholic and if I drank that that would be right. It took me a long time to figure out that they were right and I didn't need it, but that led me into you know my journey with the plant and saving my life and a whole different story. There's so many different, there's so many different. I guess my point is it, it'll be it's unique because that is seems like a lifetime away to me, you know, almost nine years. But when I when I wrote it in the mental space I was in, and if I if I tell myself back then that I would be here and just know who I am, who mm -hmm. Darren McCarty, the person is, you know, the, I couldn't separate. I had to be him. I had to be DMAC 24 seven. Cause I didn't know who Darren McCarty was. I knew who he was to everybody else, but not to himself. Well, now I know why I'm here, bro. And I, now I know why the big guy gave me all these credentials and these moments that we can talk about and all this stuff that I remember. And yeah, being right in the middle of it and it's for to it's for hope it's for now it's for you know the weight of the world right now um you know he knew it was going to get ugly so well i can um, tell you this i'm only two chapters in and darren i don't read in fact i i get ribbed pretty occasionally because i just i'm not a reader i don't have the patience for it so this year and actually one of our first episodes of the year i said okay this year we had our some goals we set for the year mine was to read two books Yours is one of them, obviously. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so I, I started, I'm only two chapters in and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a book that not only hockey, dude, I'm two chapters in, you've already got great hockey stories and we'll get to that. But there's also the story of your, and I have a terrible pun here, but you pull no punches in this book about what you've gone through off the ice, which again, could be a total movie. And by the way, if it were to be a movie, who would you pick to play you? Because I I've got my answer. All right, all right, all right. Oh, I'm. I'm I think I'm no, going more I, accurate. I, I love McConaughey, but he could get the humor side. But it was it's something you know what? There's different things. There's there's actually I wouldn't say movie in the works, but with all my cannabis journey and the your documentary of it. And just my path, and one the one of the things is when I wrote that book, like chapter 17's the best one because it's how I met my wife. Okay. And without share without her, I wouldn't be here because what she gave me was the power to believe in myself to be able to fight again because I quit, right? And I I was so deep in my addiction that I took the love of the of a woman, and that's you know to take it out. That's the that was my why and that's right. what you know i realized grind time's about but the whole thing is that the book she's her influence is there because it's not a hockey book it's a life book and i right. lay it on the line because that's mike that's the beauty of right now whether i realize it or not the transparency that i've always lived through through the through the bankruptcies the divorces the gambling problems the different the drug addictions the the four rehabs all that stuff Sure. That is where, where I've been, but that is not who I am. It's sort of like my hockey career, my job. That's what I did, but that's not who I am. And, and it's just for 
that I have also to a mission. It's like, I'm not here to argue anymore. You know, I found myself with this, let them play, to be honest, that, that I engaged more than I ever had on social media. And I found that it was bringing out the side of me that I didn't like again, because it's a protector. And I, and I won and I realize now why I put that in the hands of the capable people that I put it in the hands of, and I'm just going to stay in my little hole because I'm not here to argue. I'm here for what do you mean by that and stuff like that. And, and like you said, to go down. Yeah. I'm, I'm into the doing podcasts like this and connecting with the guys who love the same game and realizing that we're in this whole battle together. I guess it's a Canadian in me, but you know, that's his it's, but I'm very proud of the book. Um, Who would you say back to your question? Who would you say should play me? I picked Wayne from Letterkenny. Well, you know what, Jared Kiso is a buddy, and uh, he'd be great too. I bet you he would. I bet you know what, but see that 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 would be phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. You know what? You text Nick. Make sure you email Nick after and say Jared Kiso plays or right plays me in the in the in the movie. We have got yeah, that. In my version, it's totally Jared, without a doubt. I love it, dude. Hundred percent. I, I love it. I love those guys. You know the best part about Letter Kenny, and if anybody's a fit like it, everything, ever right. But it's so true. If you grew up in in it's, I grew up in Leamington. That reminds me of like like a little bit smaller towns. Um, but the the guys that would fight, like the Wheatleys and the Cottoms and the you know, like it was. Trust me, that's how we grew up. You want to know how learn how to fight it's because i grew up in sort of like letter kenny but we were leamington's the melting pot so give you i remember hey, here's a great story for you mike there here's oh i love yeah they love that poppers yeah, um, oh yeah we got poppers up on the shelf <laughs> i love it in uh in my town of leamington when i was like 12 years old i used to play with we used to wait until church was out at St. Mike's for the parking lot and to clear out at one o'clock and then we'd have three different games and it'd be the Lebanese had a team, the Italians had a team, the Portuguese had a team, the, the Munja Cakes, which was us, had a team. I was 12 playing with 16, 18 year olds. And it was, right. as, it was like hockey back in the day, like fighting and stuff like that. So that's, you know, people say, how do you learn how to fight? And it says you learn because you take a beating, you learn, you can take a punch and then uh, you surround yourself with people that can hone your skills. So, right. well, uh, cause yeah, the, the fighting is definitely something I wanted to get into, but before I forget, I had a, a really good close long time, almost like brother level friend back home. Phil is a huge Red Wings fan as well, but he wanted me to send to, to pass this on to you. Cause I know you'll appreciate this. His daughter's, when they were young, were like way back, kind of like um, I can't remember the years, but anyway, they had leukemia and they were at a game with the um, children's hospital. And you took time aside to sign a Jersey for them. And he said, he never forgot that to this day. And you've always been his favorite player since that. But to wrap that up, that's, I think why you have identified with a lot of the fans in Detroit, especially myself, because I think you about, unlike a lot of the big superstars, you're more relatable. Like, especially after talking to you for the, you know, twice now I can see why. And it, it's, it's awesome to see that it, it's genuine and it's real. And it's, it made it even more excited for me to have you on here today. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm sorry for looking away right there dealing oh, with you're some good. cannabis stuff, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to turn that off. 
because I don't need to see that right now because that will distract <laughs> me and make me yell at somebody. Yeah. And I don't want to yell at somebody with, with great fan like yourself, Mike. Hey, I appreciate so, it. And yourself, Greg. You're Thanks, a great Greg. fan too, but I yes, see sir. that I see that Sidney Crosby jersey in the back, which I don't have a problem with. No, sir, no, sir. That's Rob Gronkowski. No, that's Gronkowski. That's not oh, I would it? never well see that's how old I am. I can't see. So that's a that's right. as paid, I would never have a Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I would never have right, a well. jersey. <laughs> hey, so so the story there is uh, I apologize. I uh, my father is from Michigan, so and I grew up here in Florida. I'm from Tampa, and uh, I was a everything in Detroit and, and Michigan fan before we had it in Tampa. So before the Rays were here, I was a, a Tigers fan, and before the Lightning, I was a Red Wings fan. But I wasn't really introduced to hockey hardcore until I was off in the Marine Corps in North Carolina, right around when you guys won your first cup because it just wasn't on TV down here and it wasn't nationally televised a lot until the mid nineties. So I ran into Mike. I met Mike about 11 years ago. And uh, obviously all of both of us loving the same teams that we love. I've become more steeped in Red Wings hockey uh, nostalgia than I ever was before, even though I was a fan. Um, I'm a football guy have been my whole life. So from being from Tampa, my wife's family's from Massachusetts, so I've been fortunate enough to watch the Patriots win a few, and now I got the Bucks in the Super Bowl this week. So that's I. Sorry, I don't have Red Wings gear on, but for the podcast, no, don't be, I, don't be sorry. Pick. Tampa's Tampa's are my second team, man. I'm oh, the same way, but you, awesome. but opposite. When I mean Detroit sucked in every sport for a while, so when I was down there, I was a race fan, a Lightning fan. You look what Stevie did to that program, yeah, and. Tampa's turned into championship city. So hopefully Tommy and Grock can get her done. I hope so. I hope so. You know, it's, that's, I'm not going to work on Monday one way or the other. I'm going to be too, <laughs> too hung over oh, to go or I'm going to be too sad shout out to my boy, Johnny Hammett, who's been texting me and Ronnie and Captain Sunset, Ronnie Gemshine down there. Cause they're going ape shit and they're going to be down there. You two might run into each other. It's, so. it's exciting. My birthday is actually Super Bowl Sunday. So I took Monday off as well. Cause it's, it's just, it's going to be fun. And I haven't said this, but uh, it is an honor to meet you. And we thank you so very much for coming, taking the time to, to do this. Cause we're just a couple of knuckleheads that do this for fun and, and to get somebody on you on like on you, like you on the show is just really incredible. Yeah. But you know what it's all about? That's how do I put this is that I was always taught that if you wanted, if you wanted change something or set culture, I'm just trying to do, I've been, given the honor of uh that i realize that i'm a battery and my the fans are my power it's 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 my story and then stevie's sort of given me the unofficial connection between the fans that i've always had and just allow me to be me um because you guys are just as important and yeah you are two knuckleheads but i got a whole bunch of knuckleheads that love hockey and appreciate it because this is the culture, like you said, for whatever you cheer for, it's about being passionate. And it's just sort of in, you know, like I said, the Canadian in me is that. So I'm, I've learned that when I surround, there's people out there. Like I said, what do you mean by that? And so I love talking to fans. Mike, I don't take compliments very well. So, but thank you That's for all, all right. that nice stuff you said. So yeah, I, you um, know. So I mean, I'd rather I'd I'd rather you buy me a piece of pizza or something like that. That's more love through my hey, stomach. Uh, well, that's just through my ears. That's just, just me, boom, blows my head up. Let me know when you're down here. We'll go to Detroit Coney Island and we'll get us some 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 conies. Absolutely. 
I and, also wanted to tell you that I actually have an email, uh, an email into the Nobel laureates over in Switzerland because you, <laughs> I'm going to have to make a new category and it's going to be the Nobel laureate prize for education because I've known this guy for 12 years ish and I've never seen him read anything that didn't involve Deadpool. So the fact, oh, well, the he's fact got that great that, taste. Ryan Reynolds would be another if I was younger. Ryan Reynolds would be like because the sarcasm or whatever like this, but oh, yeah. I like Jared Kiso. He would get it down. Um, Legendary. But Mike, you know what? And I hope that it's you find it through the even the first couple chapter. It's more. It's an easy read. It's more. That's the James Patterson effect as far as short chapters, not losing and and putting it different in, and it's at a different speed. And then once if you get through it front to back, like I said, when you're on the when you're on the shitter, that's what I call a shitter read. Is that you can pop open a chapter and just go back and just chuckle. You know, well, I, about, you know, did you know that, you know, really, did he just say that you almost lost Eisenman on the 21st story window in Phoenix one year? Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, so that's I can, what happens when Steve Eisenman tries to play tough guy. That's, yeah, that, that's speaking of Steve Eisenman, I, there is one story. There's a couple things that I picked out that I just wanted you to kind of explain because I wanted to hear you tell your version of it because it just me doing it wouldn't do it justice. Um, but one of the things that you talked about is how a lot of people don't realize you were a pretty damn good scorer in the minors and you didn't just get into the NHL for fighting. You, your, how you worded it, your view, you wanted to be more of a good scorer that could also fight rather than come in. Like you said, in the book being, you know, coming in as like a heavyweight champ. Uh, can you t talk a little bit about your minor league career and how like you viewed it? Like, and you sound like you were on some pretty damn good teams in the minors too. in Adirondack. Well, the toughest team in pro hockey that year was the team in Adirondack. We had like right. nine heavyweights on that team from from like a lot of career minor leaguers. And I was like the young guy. So I had 45 majors. But here's the whole thing. I grew up in Leamington. Leaming, the house I grew up in door to door to Joe Louis Arena, give or take 10 minutes for the border is 40 minutes. Right. Okay. So I grew up. And when I grew up, uh, all my cousins were Toronto fans and you know, that was a Canadians fan because it was the dead wing era. And then Steve Eiserman came and, you know, I always liked the underdog and stuff, but they were tough. And then Proby came and Joey came and I always wanted to be like the, the Robin to them and Joey left. And then I realized that, you know, I'm playing junior and, and Brian drum, who's uh, I played junior B for, which really gave me my opportunity was the one that told me, if you want to make to the NHL, you got to do something 99.9% better than anybody else and for you it's going to be playing physical hitting you know making sure that and then working on your skiing because i was never a great skater it was like, like they used to say i used to run on the ice and stuff and i said you imagine if i was a good skater how dominant i would have been you better be lucky so i was i was like handicapped so i should have like eight cups if you put on the handicap anyways but but back to what we were talking about is is the fact that I was a scorer in junior. I won the player of the year my last year in junior, the year that Detroit dropped me in the second round. But I knew to make the Detroit Red Wings, and especially after that year, and I knew I was needed the seasoning and to go down and, and to play because you're always working on your game and you're going to power skating schools in the summer and you're always trying to get better, but you're always learning that your way in is the fight. So the first year, it's like Brian Drum used to say, that the first year in every league, all you do is fight. You just practice hard, do the extra work. All you do is fight. That gets you room. 
right? That gets you room. Then you work on them. The skills come into play. And then that way, by the time it works out that your third year and junior, that guys are backing in 30 feet because they're scared to death of you. That's the dominance of, you know, junior hockey and the teenage years and stuff. Well, it's the same formula going into pro into minor hockey, but you got to establish yourself. And the only way to do it is back to the drawing board. First thing. So every year it's the same, the same motto. And then some years, then it usually evens out. And then you just, it's to know that I never consider myself a heavyweight or anything like that. I right. consider myself one of the best light heavyweights, you know, guys, my size and stuff, but I, I could step up a division, but I'm not fighting the same way. And I always tell everybody is that gosh, darn Rob Ray, even though he's a buddy of mine, but the Rob Ray rule where you had to tie down that took away. That was like, remember Hoist Gracie and the gee, in the MMA and stuff that, that it was for smaller guys like me fight bigger guys. That was all technique. And plus it was good. Why do you like fighting? Honestly, because for that time frame, it's a show. That's the wrestler in me. Hell you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a diehard wrestling fan and that's the wrestler in me. So back in the nineties, you know, I didn't wear, you know, shirt would be ripped off or whatever. Like, like that was when you could sort of, mold your personality a little bit but i know i just wanted to always be you know a supporting cast member you know what where's the i'm like i said i'm meek tell me why tell me what the what the plan is and right you know then then i get on a team with a steve eisman that i idolized growing up and played these guys and a guy like scotty bowman comes in and then boom sure you know then it then it, you know we're sitting here in 2021 and i got four cups it's yeah i i i remember <laughs> parts fact, of it he remembers fact, parts of it fact, i don't this one here like this one i don't bust this one out very often at all but i bought this because if you can see it 97 was the greatest summer of all red wings fans lives i don't care anybody says that summer was unbeatable for a few uh, days until the accident uh, well and i was just gonna say then i had to get that put on there and then i don't do you remember um down wood or down in uh god what is it off woodward dick o'dowes that irish oh yeah uh, okay. oh yeah i've been shit can in there a lot of times i used to work for miller light and they got me in after murphy played his 500th game and nick lidstrom actually got me a beer so because of that i had to put an a on the jersey so i mean it, this jersey's like that whole year wrapped up into one which, which is pretty cool but um one of the things i wanted you to talk about too is your relationship with bob probert because you yeah. got into that in the first part of the book too, which uh, I mean, I, I, I could have read a whole book in the way you were describing it, just how you viewed him and your relationship with him and how that was for you being younger in, I mean, the heavyweight Bob Probert. And now you're on the same team. What, what was that like? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's just like, you know, to be able to play. And the, and the fact that he took, we grew up in the same area. So, you know, a lot of, lot, you have sort of that, it, we call it the Essex County Fight Club, right? You look at all the guys, Domi, Bugner, you know, uh, Tomsky, uh, John Ferguson was the initial one. But if you look at all the guys, Zach Cassian, who's in Edmonton now and stuff. But if you look at the guys that came out of our, county that's why i call it we laugh but we all idolize it's funny because you're a tough guy you idolize but you want to fight him you know what i mean that's the way that 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 male ego mentality but i didn't want to fight Proby. no not at all i wanted to be his robin and 
the best thing about Proby is he, he was bigger than life, but he was a gentle giant and a big teddy bear. And, and he never, you know, he had his discretions, but it's, he never did it maliciously or to ever to hurt anybody else. And what I learned is that I always say Bob Probert didn't know what, where the line was, but when he went over the line, he cleared it for me so I could hang on. And the lessons that he's shown and unfortunately you know getting his life together when the accident happened where he had a heart attack trying to fix the boat because you know this unfortunate accident over 10 years ago which is crazy but you know it's like we've all lost people and it's your memory remains i mean i my dedication in the book is uh is to goomba from mitzi because that's what you know the kids his kids still who are in their 20s now they call me uh uncle mitzi so i mean it's like Great it's nickname. the relationships you build and it's bigger than that but but i was grateful for everything that you know he a lot of bob's lessons is is maybe un, unintentional at times but they still work and you know through his sort of sacrifice but you know that's the whole thing with I just want to give people hope, you know, hope. And because I, I see the way that how tough life is and, you know, the, I try to look at the positive things and at least we've all, we've all gone through this COVID together. Hopefully we can come out of it. And, you know, like, like it makes us a better society, especially with the, the bigger things in politics and stuff. So we're all in this together. So when we get away and talk like hockey and life and just, you know, realize that, Hey, what we do is not who we are. And we all have the like, we're all more in common than we think. And it's just nice to be able to be refreshed. And, you know, it's nice to be able, why I wrote the book. I always sign the book, Mike, enjoy my truth. Cause that book is my truth. If you saw it differently, write a book, movie, do whatever. I mean, I'm, I tell you in the book, man, I was pretty messed up for a lot of it. So, I mean, yeah. I might not have seen it that way. Hey, this is how, this is, this is how you want to know how much I have the right people around me is because they know this and then they'll all get together and they'll scheme when they bring up a story and then they'll all like stonewall me and be like, it wasn't that way. Like I miss, like I misremember it and stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't do like, I might have dementia one day. You can't do that to me or whatever. They said they're, they're just, they're warming me up. So right, that's what I deal with over here. So <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it a hundred times. Nobody has better stories than a hockey player, especially coming from the teams that you came from, which brings me oh. to my next example that you have in the book that is pretty damn incredible. Talk about the first time that you fought Joe Koser. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, a that, great see, that's the, you just You did the old, you did the old Jeopardy. The answer is Joey Kosher. Boom. The question is, who's the toughest guy you ever fought? Right there. There. That's right. So Joe Kosher, my rookie year, like I said, you fight everybody. And now I know this. You don't want to fight Joe Kosher. He's with the Rangers. He's like the heavyweight champion. Because guys like Joe Kosher, Dave Brown, Tony Twist, these are guys. Twist was like a monster. The only thing, and it's it's well-documented uh, heavier than their punches is Thor's hammer. So, which means they can end your life with a punch or break your orbital or break your face in half or end your career. Right. You don't like fighting these guys, but you're aware of it, which makes me, when I squared off with him in the corner in Joel Serena, I'm a lefty, but I squared off right. 
So when we grabbed each other, he throws a punch and I ducked and he took a piece of my helmet off. He hit it so hard. We end up in a headlock, both hit our heads on the ice. He looks at me, he goes, you all right, kid? And I looked at him and said, thanks for not killing me, Mr. Kosher. That's that word which, for word. That's what I have written down, <laughs> which, which, oh, I, dude, it's part of It's easy to remember because that was true. Um, and, but I always, I always end it with, see if you don't kill me, um, you know, or, or, or whatever, I'll come back to haunt you and win your cups, win cups with you. But to this day, he's uh, one of my best friends and always has been since he came to our team a few years later. And between him, Shani and Larry Murphy, you're wearing that sweater, the 97. That's what got us over the edge. And Joey Kosher, he was the pot. His nickname's Papa because he was the father to all us younger guys, right? He had the relationship with Stevie, but Scotty knew he had this relationship with the grind line and Drake Smaltz, Ozzy, Lapointe, you know, the younger, us younger guys. I like to tell everybody he had a sort of on an invisible fence. Right. You know what I'm yep. saying? So it was, and that's when you look back, that's to me, that's what culture is. And you know, that that's, we are, a, we are a Red Wing family. And even to this day, I mean, I was just talking to Drapes earlier, earlier tonight and we all keep up on each other. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. I never got to go to college, but man, I spent 17 years with brothers. So who's, you know, so it, uh, and that's what you miss the most. I right. don't miss playing. I don't, you know, I've, I've skated enough, and I, but I'll do anything for charity. So I play alumni. And, you know, now that you tell me I can come out there and run you into the glass and then I get to give you a black eye, Mike, well, hey. now I'm getting fired back up. Are so you kidding? Can, I mean, hey. you're, that's like telling Tackleberry there's gunplay. What? Gunplay? Hey, so, I will. I'll throw the shoulder back into you, but it it would be a great time. Oh, don't do that, dude. <laughs> it. Anyways, I don't get close enough. I, you know, what my favorite move is when somebody gets a little frosty these days is when I stand there. I go, oh, "That's a nice stick. How much does that thing cost?" Boom, break it and go. I can do this all day. I get mine free. I mean, ooh, that's like <laughs> thing. Boom, and he's still being an arsehole, taking to the corner, break it again. I broke into two guys thick. What are you going to do? You know, quit being an arsehole. Yeah, there you go. Fair it's it's funny talking about Coaster when um when he came back to Detroit and playing with Iserman and you know all the guys that you just mentioned. You described it perfectly in the book by saying that Iserman always had a little extra space on the ice with Coaster on the team because nobody wanted in the league wanted to schedule a meeting with Mr. Coaster. <laughs> Right, because he oh, breaks helmets, and, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's geez. seems because to me everybody like because they say hockey players are dumb. Get out of here. That's just that's just like look at Shorzy. He's smart on Letterkenny. He's like the smartest whip there is. It's you know, dude. I could talk about that freaking show for hours on end. It, and there, and you good. know what? If hey, if you're like me, Mike. Where uh, the best thing about that show is to know is that I know them personally, all of them, and they're like a hockey team. They're like a family behind the scenes. They care about each other. That's why they're so good, and that's why it's it's so funny to to watch them and and to watch them grow and to know them and their hockey fans too. And it's funny because Nathan, who plays Derry, um, him and Kiso were in Calgary when I was there. That's how they're because that's how young they are. They're like fifteen or eighteen or I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so they from my Calgary days where it started. So, so that's pretty cool too. It did always feel dirty seeing you in a Calgary Jersey. I just could not st like, I would get the dry heaves. Like I, I just, 
I don't even. Yeah, but here's an exclusive. <laughs> that that was that was to protect Babcock from himself. I really? Look, I, well, no, I just look at it that way with everything right. that come out because that because I couldn't, you know. That's but true. I wasn't there when all the other stuff went down. So, right. but it, but it was pretty tough, dude. Him and shit. Like you go from Scotty to Babcock. That's a- opposite. And what I love about Babcock, though is his X's and O's in preparation practices are so good. You're there. You're ready for the game. He prepares you. He just lacks um, humility and uh, a little humanitarianism. <laughs> you know, uh, you just don't treat people as far as the way that, that the, the way that, 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 that's just, that's human. Sure. That's just like Claude Lemieux. You, you don't, bad things happen in life and in sports you have to apologize you can't lose respect for another human being sure oh yeah we'll get to that <laughs> practice wise who is tougher bowman or babcock oh babcock really scott barry smith ran practice they were good practices and stuff and and you gotta understand when i say like it's it's scotty's did not flow and he had his own uh agenda all the time so it was he he it was the mastermind that's all i could say but as far as like scripted regimented this that this that like what you get out of it but scotty's building you differently he allows you you know he's more of the what do you need to be ready when that puck drops instead of this is what you need like along the way he would tell you like if he say to sergey you need to do this, this, and this more. And he told me, don't ever do that again. It's the same message, right? But it's it's the same way. He had a different way to go about it. It was more psychological than it was uh, dictatorship. Does that make I'm sense? You, I'm glad you mentioned that name. When in the hell is 91 going to go up in the rafters where it should have been a long time ago? Or can you say? Yeah, you got to, you know, that's 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 above my pay grade. <laughs> you know that Fair that's uh, that's on the ownership level, and you know what? Right. Because sometimes in the family, certain things happen, and you know I know from hearing that Mister Illich, his goal was that uh, Steve Eisman, Nick Lidstrom, and Sergey Fedorov all retired Red Wings and played for the Red Wings and stuff like that, and that Sergey sort of because he looks at us like kids. I mean, right? I was he called me Rocky. I was his Rocky. I mean, I was his you know, black sheep. And, you know, that's why, you know, one of his sons, Ronnie Illich, Mike, and like they, everybody's around. It was like the if cousins and st- like it, you, the Illich has really made you feel a part of it. And, you know, uh, you know, so it was really, it was, it's really special. So to I can't answer that question. But, you know, there's a lot of people that feel that way. And and, oh, yeah. and it's more than just hockey stats, yeah. right? So so you have to respect the fact of who makes the decisions. Yeah. Just like we got to respect the fact of what uh, Mrs. Ford Hamps doing with the Lions, you know, which finally looks like it's different. So there's right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've not, dude, we're all we're in the same boat, bro. I, 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 we never I, seen shit. Drink that Kool Aid. Drink that Kool Aid. We we drink it every year. Rubbing some off over here, you selfish bastard. 
God dang, Greg just goes to the Super Bowl every every year, and then he decides maybe Tommy will get hurt, and then we won't go. And then I'll bring Tommy down for the hoo-ha-ha to show the boys down in Tampa. Because, you know, why not? What hasn't he done? Had a, a Super Bowl uh, played in the Super Bowl held in the home stadium that he's playing for. That's a TV GOAT thing. I mean, come on, Greg. Isn't it ridiculous? What you share, bro? We, what are you going to tell Mike that you hit on the lotto that you didn't cut him in on? The, that you were talking the actual, about. The actual fact is, is we actually had a, a contest throughout the podcast last year where we tried to predict where all the free agent quarterbacks were going to go. And um, I got almost, I think I had eight because uh, that was the poll, only thing we could get the poll set up for. And I got seven of them right. And the one I missed was Tom Brady. I didn't, I didn't think he'd come to Tampa. Why would you come to Tampa? This, I mean, li, li, with, to, be the, to be nice... To be in the Super Bowl, to be in the Super Bowl, to win yeah. an NFC title because he's got all those AFCs, but he needed an NFC. It's sort right. of like, you know. He knew something we didn't. But, I mean, really, when it's been, with the exception of a couple of years, Tampa is like Cleveland as far as football is concerned. You just come here to die. It, it, it's it's not a good football but it's, stadium. But it's football. It is. Football, yeah. you can go like that in the perfect storm. That's true. And and you know what? This is probably the best offense they've ever They drafted had. well. They drafted well. That Winfield Juniors played played great. They've gotten hey Pierre Paul. Come on, man! Resurgence, man. Yeah. He's doing it with a half a digit left. Yeah, you know, yeah. true. Yeah, they've they've. I mean, I think that maybe they finally got the right coaching, and and unfortunately, even though I'm a Florida State fan, uh, you know, Winston just made. I backed him. I backed him, but you can't throw forty interceptions. You you just can't do it. Right. So I was down. I was down there for that. I came yeah. back here in the winter of 18, but yeah, I've seen all that. And what do you think about the Stafford trade that happened? No, I, I like it. It's, it, it, it seems that everybody got what they want. I look at it like Brad Holmes, like some people look at it with taking on golf, but I look at it as strategy because who else would you rather I'm thinking about it, but a guy who's been around him has known him, the organization, he knows what the Rams are willing to do. I think he got a great, a great back selection and you never, you know, you can speculate on what's going to happen, but you would think that next year's first rounder might be a middle, late twenties pick. But then what happens if they, somebody gets injured for them and they like, they can go South quick. So the next thing you know, the Rams could, could, you know, that's the injuries and stuff. So I like the haul they got and I don't mind having golf as a, Plate. I always said right. it's gonna be interesting which direction that they're leaning as far as they pick seventh. So I gotta, I gotta bring I gotta bring this up because Mike and I have had this discussion. We talked about it a little bit this weekend, and he's like, "We got golf," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm I'm good with that." I, I think golf's a very talented quarterback. I, I think he's. I mean, like you said, he's he's got what the he's second twenty six. He's got playoff and Super Bowl experience already as a professional athlete who's played on amazing teams. Something is ringing that bell behind me saying they just gave him a four-year extension and now they're shipping him out of town. Is it just philosophies? Do they know something they're not saying? Does he not work hard? Does he have a, you know what I mean? That That's the only thing that makes me worried about golf coming in because McVay's I, got, got- Honestly, honestly, guys, and this is just if you do the big J journalist thing, I think that there's a, a text that got, I think it's more like a, came to personal because there was some comment that Goff made, yeah. right about Even about about McVeigh's girlfriend and 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 see here's the thing it's the perfect out 
right? You're never going to get rid of the contract and stuff. It's a perfect marriage. And that's why I say knows what getting. And I'm saying about golf. It's about right. if the Lions pick a, take a quarterback at Fields or Lance's there, if that's the direction they're going, or they're going to buffer in, you know, these two years and wait till next year to get the yeah. quarterback. Goff's fine for now. I, I mean, agree. He's like, you know, like the the who's is comparable. You know, the other one that what what's a step up that you might be able to get Teddy Bridgewater if no. you consider him a step up. No. But no. you know, I, with the way the money is and everything like that, I just got to sort of. You know, it is early and it's funny to say, but, you know, sort of trust the process is put in front of me. So I think it was a great trade. And I'm going to be in Vegas the week after uh, week after we leave out there for Valentine's Day for a week. And I'm going to put down twenty five bucks on the Rams win the Super Bowl next year just because. Because Stafford, oh, well, you, 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 they went down from 18 to one to 13 to one in- instantly. Just like that. Yeah. Well, so that's, still, that's like a year's pay for me, though, Darren. So I'll take it. <laughs> Well, here's the, hey, here's the thing, guys. If you look, right, here's the telling stat with Stafford. Third down efficiency, like third and four to third, like third and four, third and ten, ten like that. He, he just doesn't, he's like bought like bottom three in the league or something. Right. Like that's just, and you can't be successful. So the question is, can he stay healthy? Because he's got the talent, and you don't know. But I'll tell you this: change of scenery, change of coaching, change of mentality. You got to remember these guys are professional athletes. Maybe They're an offensive line level. in front of him. Remember the first round pick, the best overall, right? For the most part, or the second pick, or the third pick, right? You put his comparable up, and there's how many guys in the league that maybe is the tenth that best at his position, but right. better than that first pick. Don't lose perspective. Sure. Right. Sure. So Jared Goff has got the numbers and you know, it could be a diamond in the rough or well, it couldn't be. I've been it's, saying you're this. Not, you're, you're out of it financially and yeah. the cap and it just looks good here in Detroit. I've been saying this since Barry played. If they don't get an offensive line, they could have Jesus Christ back there and it ain't going to matter. Fair. They got offensive line, line, bro. What a Swiss cheese? That's called the D. They sent me. Oh an my god! They sent me Good an email Lord. last week. They want me to try out for O line next year because I'm an upgrade. I mean, shit, Darren. You got a little center of gravity. Go, yeah. Go, make it get in there, man. Yeah, dude. The defense is the issue. Hey, the offense will cap. figure it out. You can always get some road graders and stuff like that, and the coaching. And I mean, it's just you know. You know, the, but the best is Dan, Dan Campbell's was a blocking tight end. So, you know, all these guys, you know, all these pit guys, all these guys in the trenches, they know, they know what the trench warfare is all about. You know, sometimes uh, it's about eating kneecaps. <laughs> well, you I know, if you, got, hey, if you gotta, I, I love mean, Dan Campbell. always already. about it, but sometimes, you know what? When in Rome, it's uh, I mean, I don't know if you watch. Pat McAfee show or not, but he they're all about Pat, Dan Campbell. They're wearing oh, yeah. Dan Campbell t-shirts. Well, he's a great, he's a Pat McAfee's awesome because he's like some that I like to be. He says it and he does it right. And, right. and he's a phenomenal, you know, not only just interview, but he's an athlete and I'm a wrestling fan. So what he did in the NXT was awesome. And right. his mic skills are great. I love it, but it's his opinion matters because, because, of the way he played. And I know he was a punter, but he was a physical punter. He was different. He was he's crazy. He's always been that way. So when he gets excited, then that, you know, there's yep. certain people that you should go, whoa, that you, you should go, okay, well, 
All right, because that means culture to me. That means that guys will listen. That means the things that I hear from when he was in Miami, that guys will play through the law for him. Sure. That's a start, right? And now you surround him with the coaching staffs and stuff. I'm excited for Aaron Glenn, right? Because Jeff Okuda, our third overall pick last year, mm-hmm. who's a corner, Aaron Glenn, Pro Bowl corner, you know, who is going to be touted. He'll be one of the – uh, coach, he'll be get a coaching job if the Lions are any bit successful, probably three years, I would expect. All right, let's get back to a real sport. I got a, I got a couple more things that I want to cover with you. And one, I literally laughed out loud to myself when I read it. When you scored what I called the greatest goal in Red Wings history against the Flyers in 97, what did Iserman say to you when you got back to the bench? <laughs> No, no, it wasn't in the bench. It was in oh, the pot. Well, okay. It was in the, I did my double pirouette, came out. Amazing. And the first one I really, like, I looked at Nick and looked at Sanchez, but the one I really, like, looked in on, and he's, look, Steve Eisenman looks at me. So you got to remember, this is 10-year-old Darren McCarty. That's Steve Eisenman, the guy he's looked up to, who also, you know, that um, everybody in the hockey locker room usually is uh, – uh, somebody's bitch and I was his bitch too. So like, which is in the hockey room, you know, it just, I tell everybody, well, you know, I'm surprised bitch, which means he picked on me all the time and I was his go-to and, you know, like, like stuff, but to watch him look at me and, and he goes, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he says to me, he goes, thank God you don't have to do it again. Right. Just in the perfect, nothing I would expect more in that moment to, you know, the clarity of, of keep it together. And, and you know what, that was awesome. And, you know, this is that great, was his way of telling me that he was proud of me. That, which is a great quote because us, I mean, on our end as fans, we, we never get to see that side of a lot of these players, but especially the legend that is Steve Eiserman. All we see is press conferences. We don't get the, the stuff that obviously you guys get in the locker room. And when I read that, I'm like, I, you just, we can't even picture him having a sense of humor really because we don't get to see that at all but well, when i read that i busted out laughing i thought it was hilarious oh he's funnier than hell dude like he's quick-witted as he's uh i always say he carries a samurai sword around because he cuts you and then you're laughing and then you're cutting half bleeding dying going oh that was me oh uh you know one of those guys but um one of the things is that you know stevie and that and drapes obviously um Chris Draper, but you know, Stevie's such a, has always been a, a support in my life, you know, and, and, and stuff like this, just even from a distance a lot of the time, but I always know he's always got an eye on me and, and, you know, that's important and especially important now as building the culture. Cause that's, and that's the one thing I don't, the X's and O's, the wins and losses. I'm not coaching. Cause I, that's not my jam. My jam is the fans and my jam is how do we get excited again? And when do we get ready? Because it took them, what, eight years to do it in Tampa. It's only going to take them half the time to do it here, maybe five years. So let's get ready in about five years. We got time to warm up. And then it just so happens that the other Detroit sports teams are getting ready to at least leave the port and go out in the open ocean. Let's freaking hope. So, so let's get into that then, Darren. Um, obviously, I, I watch every game. I, I get the, the, the NHL package every year because I have to down here. Um, the team today, like the, the current roster right now, I, 
from my perspective, because I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well, because you know the game obviously a lot better than any of us. It looks like they are noticeably better, but they're still la- like I. My my point of view is they need more skilled players. It just it seems like they're they're a lot of the same player. The, the, That's always been a lot of the same player, like the third line. Yeah, it's like, like what, you, you'll see flashes of great plays, like with Bertuzzi and Mantha and Larkin and stuff like that, but. You know, as but, that, but Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha on a on a championship team's the second line, R- right? But they're lacking. So, 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 but but as a fan, if you want me to talk you out the ledge like I usually do on Twitter to a couple of my yes. buddies, please. Um, do you, you, what I'm hearing is you see progress. Yes, I. Oh, you drank. Oh. Hey, listen, you drank the Kool Aid a little too quick. Expecting oh, the elixir to move in. No, there's no cannabis. Hey, Uncle D-Mac, you didn't drink his blend. Okay, no, we're not ready for that yet. We're baby stepping. Sit back and know what are the two things you, you mentioned that right? So that's one that has to be Im- improved. But you see, you see a, a, the back end, even though it's still not up to snuff, has right. improved, right? Yep. The goaltending is not an issue. The power play is the issue. The penalty killing is the issue. Yep. The, the playing right now, no exhibition, not playing for a year. Game hockey's different. It's it's learning to play together. Everybody sticks tight. They're still learning the, the pressure. They got Steve Eisenman watching every night. You know, they just said new cat, Dylan Larkin, when he learns how to give himself a break and just, you know, go with the, he's learning. He's learning. Right. So what I'm telling you is, hey, you you answered your own question, man. You you, you see progress, right. so maybe it's not at the speed you wanted. Maybe it's not at the speed you expected. You know, I can say honestly, I didn't like that, or I didn't like to see that coming. But I see guys like Stetcher; he's added speed on the back end and puck moving. Now we still turn the puck over and play uh, giveaway too much and, st- yeah. and stuff like this. But but there's progress there. How many guys on this roster do you see? When they win a championship, quick, off the top of your head, five. Yeah. I I I have less than half. I got I got six right. I can six. I go I go six, six right now. Okay. Okay. So uh, so so there there. It, so now let's take all this information. Let's put it in the pie. Right. And you're asking me what? Where are we at? How? You know, you were roasting this pig for years. It's going to take a little bit, but we're roasting this pig, right? right. And you say, okay, uh, what are we, February 1st? Yep. Take the temperature of the pig, and you put the ingredients in, and you realize that, oh. Great analogy. You're not you're 1% along your way to where you need to be, or you're along 5%. Right. You, you tell me, but you told me you saw progress, and that's what I'm looking, you know, like, they're, they're different. They're different. It's 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 a different game, right? Like last like last year, even at the end, even at the end, and when you're out of it, and you know everything's dark, you know yeah. you don't see the light. And I know, you know what you're the, gonna have to play. You know your season's right. gonna be done. You might not play for a year. I know it's early, but like j- just some of the notable things that I've noticed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they're not giving up goals with the last seconds of periods. They're not getting pushed around as much. The other day with point well, one, that Florida. one, yeah. That that was brutal, but uh, on a regular basis, that's not happening. They're they're not they're not as physical as what I would like to see them at, but they're not getting pushed around as much. N- now they're hitting back. 
which which is encouraging. And and they're not aside from I think two games, they're not getting blown out. They're hanging with teams that were in the playoffs last year. One goal games again, small, but it's progress. Yeah. So it's gonna take, you know, it's going to take. Like you said, you know, you're you're hoping that in these next this year, you hope you're. But it doesn't look like it's going to be that you're going to be in the conversation for the playoffs. You hope next year that you're one of those last five teams that get in of two spots or something in three years for you. That's a, I mean, you watch there in Tampa. I mean, it's just because you have a great then, like you're. We're in the first stage of suck, we're, right? We're in. We're above the dead wings. We're back in yeah. the rebuilding. We can see progress, right? But the next next suck we have to embrace is when is the 94, five, six, you know, when you're good enough or Tampa Bay, you know, as a recent until getting over the hump, that's a different suck. That's well, a heartbreak suck. So, you know what? Don't I be mean, anybody out there. It's just, you know, in green Bay, Aaron said, relax. Yeah, that was here, here, here on uh, what's the name of your show? Top five, five for fighting. fighting hockey related. Oh, that right? was awesome. dude. Yep. That was awesome. And then on top five for fighting, that is a hashtag guarantee. Perfect. Nice. I mean, you, you agree or disagree. You can see a lot of similarities with what Tampa Bay went through is with what you guys went through leading up to the 95 finals, getting swept by New Jersey. Then comes along the gorilla Colorado had to fight your way through them. And then you finally turn the corner and made it. Tampa had the same type of journey. Thanks to a Red Wing, of course, but it's very similar. And now we're just at the back end of that all over again. And it'll, like you said, it'll take time. Your buddy, Sean the, game, the game's evolved. <laughs> the game's evolved, right? I mean, right. It's just, a, it's just a different game. Yeah. So, I mean, the turnover, it's Batman hockey. Yeah. It was uh, last year. You're right. I drank way too much Kool-Aid way too fast. And we were lucky enough to have Sean Belegian on a couple times. And last year he tried to tell me My to boy. pump the brakes. And um, I didn't listen, of course. But this year, more mellow. I know what I'm looking for. Don't expect the world. Just enjoy the journey, like you said, for your book. Just enjoy it. That's it, man. The, the, the destination's an oasis. It's all about the journey. So I got you're a human being. You want yeah. more. You get what you want. You want well, more. You want it now, too. Cause yeah. But, hey, dude, that's why I say cannabis, If you, you got to live like the plant, patient, resilient. But Just I do mean, what you do. In fairness, I partially blame you because we were pretty fucking spoiled for a long time. So thanks a lot. Well, as you should. I don't know. It's like the <laughs> playoffs. I mean, don't talk to me about that garbage. I mean, I keep telling Kenny Holland. See, here's the thing. I used to tell Kenny Holland, you haven't won a cup without me in the lineup since 55. I'm going to say that to Stevie about a Draper's kid when he's ready to make the mark. Hey, you're not wrong. Just I'm not, I'm, right? Hey, you know what? Enjoy my truth, bro. Take it for what it is. Take it for what it is. It's mine. That is awesome. Um, Two things I got left for you. One is fair or unfair how much criticism Blashell's taking for a lot of people because he's six years in now. And, you know, there's, you know, I was one of them. I was pretty vocal about not, you know, it's time to find someone else, especially when you have an assistant coach on the bench that won a cup with the Penguins in 09 against us, which still hurts. But, um, I, it, how do you view that? Is it fair or unfair? I mean, after Who's six call years. Is that? What's that? Whose call is it that he's there? Well, I mean, obviously it's. No, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, asking. No, no. Yeah, you're. So the, do you trust that man that he knows more than you? It's the Scotty Bowman effect. He's five moves ahead of you. 
Fair. So he's got a plan. If he's not the right guy at, at the moment, then you'll know by he's replaced. So obviously with where they're at, Steve Eisenman feels he's the best. So I feel he's the best. So everybody might as well like right you're there, blowing, man. you're blowing hot air. You're just wasting energy Be because it's, That's you're not, he's got it. It's the Eisen plan, bro. You want the Eisen plan? You got the shirt. I know you do, Mike. <laughs> Guilty. But it's it. That's all I'm saying. It's it, it's it's you know right now it's almost you know not having the luxury. It lets you know what you got. You're moving guys in and out, up and down. Up, you know, guys are getting to play. Stevie's getting to see what he likes. You know, my guy's doing great. Giovanni Smith up and down the wing, providing physical presence, going to the front of the pot. That's my guy. You know, I'm like, a big fan he, of Smith. So I'm am I, dude. Huge. So am I because because he's the, an ingredient like myself. He has the, you know, the closest thing that you're allowed if you transplant into this game. He, but he can skate. He's physical. He can, trust me, he can throw him. But, and you need that when you have a guy on the end of the bench that knows going to keep the accountability. Plus, he's reliable. You know, the, the thing is that you take care of your own. End. And plus, he gets power play time because he's got good hands. And you see the pass he gave, uh, Larkin, he gave Larkin the other, the other day he, and stuff. And he gets, he gets those minutes. But, it gives guys like that an opportunity to earn those minutes and see what they want. So I think this is Raiden Stevie's plan. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right? Because right. I, I always said, if you're going to speculate, I think that when it, the, the, the change is made, that Gerard Gallant, if he doesn't have a – he's not in coaching yet, right? I don't believe so, no. Right. So I think that, that if anything happens, that would be your not, not Bilesma. No. I'm just going by, I just, that's just speculating, but that would mean they're ready to win. So maybe it goes to Bilesma as development. And to, to like, who knows? But Stevie's got a plan. Maybe Bilesma said, no, don't, because it's yeah. the same thing and they work better together. Gallant like I be, said, trust the one cool night. see Gallant come home again, though. That, that, that would be pretty neat. Well, you know what? You never know, man. Like, you don't, I don't know. Dude, they don't tell me. They told me. James told me that he can't tell me nothing anymore because I'm media. And I said, "Because you would really? tell." That's us. the nicest. I told him that's the nicest thing he ever said to me. <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, bro. Finally, you guys used to always try to keep me away." That's fair. I'm one of them. That's awesome. And Draper, by the way, I have to put him as my second favorite because before the parade '97 at the Spirit of Detroit statue in this jersey, he let me drink out of the cup. So I gotta, I gotta say thanks to him as well. That was yeah, because if he didn't, I'd punch him in the face. Yeah, well, there you hey again, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, just because because you deserved it, Mike. And you know what? That's awesome. No, we <laughs> love that. That's the best. That was the best part. We shared that thing and being out with the people, and it that's was the everywhere. Whole, gets back to the let them play. You know what? We're, awesome. I'm we're you know, like why would I you know be out there in front is because that's the people need answers. That's not we're not even arguing about a decision, right? We just need an answer why because yep. they've shown the science and it's all the big it's not me going hey something's wrong here the big guys are saying something's wrong and then it's me like walking and going wait what's wrong here because i got a nephew up in calcaska michigan who's a senior nice. right you know and and different things like that but it's you know because it's what in michigan what's right is right and and what's wrong is wrong and just please like the like i said it goes back to the mental health just tell sure. me why 
no, that's what it's bled into now. So <laughs> that's why I get involved. When you get into mental health, that I get very defensive of that for it's, people. That's who are awesome. Going through it. It's awesome, especially like you said, with everything that's going on in the past year, people being stuck in their homes and all that stuff. Yeah, it's what, what you're doing is fantastic, and I commend you for that. Well, um, people got to understand, Mike, sometimes you just got to hang on and hang on tight and, and the storm will pass, you know. I totally agree. Um, on a lighter subject, today at lunch, I rewatched your sit down with Claude Lemieux. Oh, great. I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And um, we actually had, like I mentioned, Sean Belizean was on with us a couple weeks ago, and, and that, that came up, of course. So I had to ask you, because I'm sitting there watching that, and in my head, I'm like, God. Tell me Darren's thinking, man, I could get one good shot in right now. He's sitting there broadside, one good shot. <laughs> well, I was amazed by how you guys did that sit down. And it was, I, I was just blown away by it because of obviously what happened. But, you know, this is what, 13 years later, you guys did that. Yeah. It was, um, it, it was impressive. And especially for wings fans or hockey fans in general that remember that rivalry, which will never be duplicated again, I don't think. That was a great show. That was a great sit down with you two. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when you're going to do that and you're going to meet, and I'd never met him before that at all. Right. And, uh, right. So you shouldn't, when I was drinking and it was the day after St. Patty's Day, so I had to drive to Toronto four hours, hung over. So I wasn't in, I was in a mood. And, you know, so it's like what he said, would you, you know, want him on your team. And I'm like, absolutely not. And he says he'd want me because I stick up for what it is. But I'll tell everybody this is listen from that day on. I have respect for Claude and you, the person, mm -hmm. you know, like, but not, not the player, but you know, and, and since then we've done a numerous signings together. He's donated his money. He donates his money to charity and stuff like that. He signed the fight photo turtle. I mean, who does that? I mean, I wouldn't do that. That's, I mean, that's first of all, I wouldn't be in that position, but you know, like, um, but it did, you know, it goes to show you, but, but without that, I mean, then it just adds to the lore. So, I mean, just, and just the way that March 26 happened to, to, to yeah. be able to get the revenge and smash his face in the boards, turtle him, hit him the hardest he's ever been hit. And that he said he didn't turtle. I said he was knocked out. When he hardest said ever been that. Hit. I, I don't think any of us saw it that way, but you did clock him real good with your glove. Oh, I got him, dude. I, with the Yo, right, too. I mean, every man, woman, and child was in this sucker, and I hit him <laughs> on the button. I've been no. boxing, though, dude, so I could throw a heavy punch. I mean, I I I I cut Proby sparring one time. I could get the big fella in the ring a little I think, bit. Uh, I think I'm accurate in saying you had the whole goddamn city of Detroit in that hand when you threw that punch. Yeah, the city in the in the state in the country and the was, in the world in the universe. It was a but the fact that I but here's the thing I tell everybody right because here's the thing that that's what I call Red Wing D Day March 26 97 because not only the, the revenge but we came back after not not after being beaten out this happens to Drake we'd set the league record 62 wins conference finals after you know the finals against Jersey in 95 and then. And then we hadn't beaten them all three games. So this was the fourth, the drama. I tell everybody, you couldn't wrote a better script than the fact that I got the revenge and then scored the overtime winner. It's that moment as a Red Wing fan. It was a proverbial, oh, it's going to be all right. Don't know what it means. It's going to be all right. Right? Now, that was the first time. Fast forward, four cups, this, that, this. Second time that happened was last year when Steve Eiserman was introduced as general manager. It was, it's going to be all right. I you know, uh, don't know what it means, but, and that's so that's, 
you know, did, did we have that first little poof with uh, the Lions as far as their hirings? Like, but those are the moments. And I think where you feel that it's just a little bit different and then the team gets it. So we're waiting for that with this young team. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I take pride in is trying to anyway to uh, show them that culture or, you know, what came before them. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like you said, and like Sean tried to tell me last year, now I'm just enjoy the games. Happy the fact that we have hockey to watch right now above, above everything. So yeah, we'll just, we'll just wait and see and just trust. Well, I'm going to tell, Hey, I'm going to tell Sean because Sean's my co-host for my uh, WJR show Friday nights from seven to eight. And then, uh, and then also too, we're with the Woodward sports network. So I see him and I talk to him all the time, but I'm going to tell him all putsy down and old Mars friggin' Kool-Aid drinking mofo again. Darren, I'm the worst. He was off that. Darren, I'm the worst. I was going, man, we got (laughs) to reach out. Mike is the biggest optimist that I've ever met in my life. He, we are on our podcast. We talk about a lot of different things. Sports is a large part of it. We talk about movies and stuff. And this guy's like, Oh yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I'm looking forward to it. I liked it. It's it's, he has like zero hate in his heart unless it has to deal with the city of Chicago, but we both have that issue. So or Cindy, or Cindy Crosby or Cindy. Yeah. Well, there, Hey, but there you go. The, the conference realigned eight games you might get the hate back going and rivalry rise. But how about this guys, Mikey? Yeah. Right, Mike. I will come on and announce when you can start firing up, getting that horn right, getting your ready, get your boots ready, get your stuff ready. When you see, I'll let you know. The easiest way to know is when he makes that trade for the goalie, right? Mm-hmm. The goalie. He's not here yet. You're trying to tell maybe me drafts him, whatever like that. But that's okay. that's the last move. Look right. at it in Tampa. You're lucky to get it early in Vasilevsky, but that's what he that when you see him putting pieces together, you know, and then the easiest way I tell everybody is is look at championship teams and who would you say is this guy? And who is this guy? And then it's easy to do. That's most teams have like, oh, you know, like out of the the 18, 20 guys, you know, you can place 10 or 12 but you can't play some all. So right. until you get the full set. Well, it'll definitely be a fun journey. I, for sure. It, it's even if it takes longer, like, just like you said, enjoy it and just trust the man, the legend. Hey, Mike, how do you think it was for the pioneers when they went out West and uh, in the horse wagons and they had to go all the way out to the West coast? Ocean? It took a while, right? Dude, who are you talking to? I was an Oregon trail master. Are you kidding me? I rarely, rarely died back, of <laughs> back in the day, going on that ride, you know, it, they, like, right. they couldn't see the finish line. Right. That's what I'm saying. But you have to have the faith that we're going to get there. Yep. Oh, I t- I totally. Because of, and like you said, number one, who's who's in charge right now? So, yeah. Um, he's got a pretty, really, really, that's all my chips, bro. He's all got my a good resume. <laughs> and then a little bit, I kept two aside because Drapes is the scouting director now. So I get a little bit of a couple of chips for him because I trust him a little bit. I'll, but Steve gets all the chips. Well, because Draper let me drink out of the cup, he gets half my chips right, right off the bat. No, like I, I love it, Mike. That's I love it. it. You have a reason, though. You told me the why, and I can accept that. Smalt's going to be pissed, but I can accept that. Joey might put his – he might be mine. Joey oh. don't care. I met Joey once and got to shake his hand, and boy, you talk about a bear paw. Holy shit. 
bro. I, Lord. What was I? People think I'm exaggerating when I say no. the second, you know, worst. They're the right behind Thor's hammer. No, that that freaking club. That giant knuckle engulfed my fist. <laughs> it was. So imagine in your face. No. Going through it. Yeah. No bueno. Oh, my head would have left my shoulders. Um, Greg, you got anything? Is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of hijacked this. You can, clearly. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be a dick because this guy's like your idol. So I'm going to just, that, that's what buddies do. First of all, Darren, your time. Thank you so much for your time. But I have one question that I want to ask you. I want to get your opinion on because Mike and I have had this debate, not debate. We agree. The single thing that I hate the most about the National Hockey League is the draft lottery. I think it is. I think it's absolute garbage. There he goes. And everybody says, well, you know, it's because we want to make sure that teams don't tank. Now, I, I, my highest level of, of sports that I ever played was football in the Marine Corps. I played, I played high school. Mike's played, he played college football. I don't know of any guy that gives a shit about the sport he's playing that goes to work every day knowing that they're going to lose. How, how accurate is that the teams are tanking? And I, I think it's a farce. I don't think I any, don't, I don't, guys don't lose on purpose and, and anything like that. They're professionals. I see. You know, and, and as far as the draft lottery, there dude, we go. the NHL could have saved so much face when, if that's the way it, that, 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 that says conspiracy the way, you know, New York got the first pick, but I'm saying that if like Detroit should have got it because it should have been a cabinet. I mean, there's, it doesn't matter. We've been saying that we just look like whiners because we never get a right. better pick or whatever. So forget about it. That goes all. Just put that. It's like the Watergate report. Just put that in the Batman files, please. You thank know, that's like you. Uh, Project thank Blue you, Book. We'll open those in 30 years and you can really see how I feel. So well, well, you know, helped, it's, it's all bullshit. The second and thing I guys don't tank. I'm sorry. Guys don't tank. It's not built in them. I agree. The only way it would be in the lineup. The only way it would be the man, how who yeah. gets the ice time. Yeah, like you you're know? playing a bunch of minor leagues. So if, tank, if tanking is playing your inexperienced guys find out what you got, then that's, you know, Fair that's enough. being smart. Yeah. Well, the second thing that I hate the most about the NHL is actually Gary Bettman. So we'll we'll, we'll cover that. Yeah, we already covered that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't even I don't even hate it because of the whole the conspiracy theory, which it's it's there. But uh, if if so many people say the lottery is stupid, why have they not moved on from it? <laughs> Sounds like okay, the so same so you've got the do. same answer we got. Okay, I just. <laughs> I thought maybe since you were so brilliant and amazing that you would have been to clear that up for me. <laughs> I tried to tell you that. Hopefully Why you, that is like, dude, I did Batman ruined my game. It's not my game. It's a different world now. And, and sports are soft and they're not mine. And I'm not the old guy here. I'm just trying to right. trying to navigate for guys like Mike that are eternal optimists like myself that know that the day will come. And you know what? They can throw as many obstacles in our way. It's just a, it's a joke now to me. It's a right. joke. So it, it's it's it doesn't matter. I got Stevie. You can put any rules in front of him. It's like I got Superman. So he's gonna beat your ass anyways. So 
you know, he'll figure out and it might take a year longer to figure it out because you make it tougher or maybe something falls in your lap or maybe because he is as smart as I am telling you because he came out of the school of Scotty Bowman, which is like Hogwarts for Christ's sake, you know, that he does have a plan and he's going to do it and is the way general managers are supposed to do it. Right. right. Well, Good all point. sports, all sports are different. I mean, I remember watching the, you know, the bad boys back in the eighties, basketball is not that game anymore. No, I remember mm -hmm. watching quarterbacks like Theismann get railed by Lawrence Taylor and it was a legal hit. And now if you blow, if you, if you sneeze on him, it's a 25 yard, you're ejected. So it's not, don't feel bad, but it's not just hockey. Well, I'm not, no, I don't feel bad, dude. The get, you know, the game changes because. In hockey, if you go through the middle with your head down, you get lit up. You might be able to be mad at the guy who threw you the pass, but right. that's your fault. You're taught that early. Now they give guy who hit you. He's in trouble. Like that, where's yeah. that yeah. sort of like society? There's no common sense. Fair. Well, the last thing I got for you, Darren, aside from everything else, is dude, I just realized this on your Twitter. You're a wrestling fan. Oh, are you kidding me, dude? I'm a dude. I do this wrestling perspective podcast with Lars Fredrickson from Rancid, Jason Kendall, and Dimitri Young, Major League Baseball, Petey Williams, Dennis Farrell. Petey Williams, oh, Canadian destroyer. Fuck yeah, the original me? dude. I sit behind him and have him. He critiques the other Canadian destroyers, and I really learned how bad they are. None of them come close. He that he uh, is only Cole one. stole it. Adam Cole stole it. Panama, whatever it is. That yeah. he just renamed it. But yeah, Petey Williams is my boy. So we have a lot of fun. We just interviewed uh, Sammy Callahan, John Silver, uh, oh. Kurt Angle. Silver's the funniest guy in wrestling right now. He's great. Uh, actually, tonight we got 10, Cody Vance. Um, so it's fun, dude. And Royal Rumble was... I See, here's the thing. <laughs> Vince plays to my sense of like i'm a huge mcintyre fan yeah i love the because i'm scottish i guess or i love how he he reminds me because he's he's got the hogan-ish you know what i mean it's not it's sort of bigger than life sort of thing and then sure. you know but i'm but i'm good buddies with like uh doc gallows right so i'm having a hoot like talking shop of mania, dude. Have you did you have you watched that? I I have not seen it, but you I do have to watch it. it, bro. I've heard it's it so hilarious. funny the way that all the guys that they have involved, but just the how they make fun. And now, if you watch any of the YouTube stuff, being the lead or whatever, every month the AWC and how they're interacting. But I love to see the relationships, and you know, I, I love all different kinds of wrestling. I'm a huge storyline guy. Yep. So was, I don't have to like it, but as long as it makes sense. Right. That's why, you know, I don't know if you watched Royal Rumble last night, but I would have had, I would have gave Rhea Ripley the pop in the finals because you got so much. Now you're just rushing Bel Air, who's going to be a star. She's the next. Right. She's the, she's going to be like Charlotte Flair. Yep. I, I watched you know, because, most of it. I, I kept, I fell off of WWE a while ago just because it started getting just bad. When honestly, it's when AEW came around. I was I I watch it every week. Like I set my every Wednesday night, I'm watching AEW. But you have to understand, Vince, Vince McMahon runs a dictatorship. That's oh, the oh, corporation, absolutely. right? So AEW, and you see with Impact, and even you watch. I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, Japanese wrestling, uh, NW, the Japan version, whatever, like this. But Japan, the yeah. storyline, because you see it, 
the the guys are having fun and it the, you know what I mean it's what it's supposed to be about the storytelling and different ways they go I love it dude BTE is hilarious I watch it every Monday it's the funniest yeah, shit because got, you get to see those guys being being normal guys backstage doing just the dumbest shit ever and it's hilarious well, Silver is the, he he's my he's my favorite on that he's great so interview funny. too so funny um, but yeah, I mean, Darren, again, I, again, the book, my last fight, true story of a hockey rock star. It's on Amazon. That's where I got it. I did get the paperback with the updated, ep, um, prologue on epilogue. It, epilogue on it. Um, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been phenomenal. No, man. I, hey, that's what it's all about. Um, I'll see you, uh, I'll see you online. We'll have to give Sean some crap, but, uh, on, on the Twitter and stuff, but, uh, I want to wish Greg, you know, all the best of luck this weekend. Thanks, uh, hopefully he's sober enough. Uh, I got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have the smoker rolling smoke. There's going to be cold ones in the cooler and I'm going to hope for the best. What's the weather supposed to be like? Sixties. Uh, yeah. Rough. Sixties okay. and clear. Enjoy, guys. <laughs> For sure. Enjoy. It's been a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll Absolutely. catch up. Talk to you. Talk to you soon. That'd yeah, awesome. I'll um, we'll, we'll we'll keep in touch. You know, over the course of the season, when stuff happens, if it's all right, I'll give you a ring and hopefully have you back Ab on. Absolutely. And if you get down here, let me I'll know. I'll let you know, dude. I'll all definitely right. Definitely let you know if I'm if whenever I'm coming down. That I, I know you. That I know you're down over over by Colony there. Yep, because um. I have a tub with every single newspaper headline for the entire playoff run at the bottom of that pile is the turtle picture that since that day, I'm like, I got to get this signed someday. Now Absolutely. I have, now I have hope we can, hey, you know what? We can, we can, we can figure it out over a Coney Dodger too at Detroit Coney. I guess, you know, I'll see, I'll see what my schedule's like. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, thought, Jerry. Hey, so you're Samsonite, buddy. You're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Take it easy. No, you guys, you bet. Go Thanks, Wings. Man. Bye. Go Wings. So that just happened. So, yeah, that, that just happened. That was pretty sweet. Um, I, I don't even know what I have left for the podcast. I mean, I have my, my few quarterbacks that I jotted down, but holy shit, I spent all the time like reading his book and getting stuff together not to sound like a total – Hope it didn't sound like too much of a little girl. It's all right. Why don't we just uh, take a break and collect ourselves and drain yeah. our bladder and we'll be back. Let's do that. Be right back. So that just happened. Not a bad Monday. I actually, I actually said that at the end of the, at the end of the video and yeah. the audience watch in. You... Yeah. It wow. Was awesome. That guy's got, um, he's grounded and that's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I like it when you talk to somebody that's done what he's done and, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously after, because I had actually gotten a preview by, he called me on Saturday, which is a funny story in itself. I'm the only one home. Amy's out. Morgan's working. I'm sitting in my room playing PlayStation, and my phone goes off, and I see, and I know I had already emailed my contact info to set everything up for today, but the area code was 248, you know, Detroit, Michigan, I know, Waterford, that whole area. Right. Um. Nobody calls me from that area code. Nobody. Because the only people up there is phone numbers that I have in that area code are my parents. We know that's not happening. <laughs> Ever. Ever. So um, I answer it, 
And that, as you heard, that's an unmistakable voice. And he was like, I'd known him for 10 years. Mike, are we doing this podcast? I mean, just cool. As I mean, it's you always hear people say, don't meet your heroes. Or it's wrong. They're not all bad, clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a part in the interview there where you said something, and he says, thanks for all the comment." He said the compliments. I, I, I apologize. I don't take compliments well. You know what that means? Says all you need. That to means know. he's got some humility about it. Says him. all you need to know. Absolutely, it does. Um, just a good guy, and obviously, you know, because I haven't, I've read two chapters of the book, and obviously, you've heard everything he already said. He's just about helping people and being positive, and I, I mean, thumbs up all the way. Yeah, it's awesome. Hopefully, get we get to talk to him again. You know, throughout the course of the season, or if if stuff comes up, I'll you know I'll shoot him a text. Yeah. Hey, Darren, I'm just you know, hanging out. Thought you might want to, you know, rap a little while on the phone. Um, I just pleasantly. I mean, I I had a feeling he was that cool anyway, based on our interactions, like to set this up. But holy crap, dude! Just I mean, what a cool dude. Yeah, just I, awesome. I, I can't. I mean, he knew my name. Yeah. He. I mean, typically when uh, that's either a, a, the sign of a consummate professional mm-hmm. or the sign that I'm. He knew my name. Yeah, you're friends with me. He knew me. Honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm hey, your friend. Hey, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I, might um, as well, it might as well. Hey, but without you, this never happens. That's so not true. There it is. Hey, without this podcast, so I wouldn't have a reason to reach out to anybody to interview him. Oh, right? that's true. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, said, Greg. You're welcome, Mike. Nice Thank job. you. Thank you, Mike. No, it was fun. It was. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure I fanboyed out a little bit, but I mean, I. How could you not? I tried to have some coherent questions that they probably don't get asked on a regular basis to make it fun and i had like man, i had like six questions i wanted to ask him would you get two i, I think i got one that's my bad. I, that's <laughs> listen i look look guilty I said, as charged okay so so if we had the opportunity to brady doesn't work because you're as big a fan of brady as i am let's say no brady would work i would lay out because exactly i, I would because have you know that I would have a michigan question or two and i would lay out for you the new england and i i would uh, you know, I, I get it. That's what that's what bros do. Yeah, that's what bros do. So, man, and I can tell that you were you were in it, and and you know what? It was nice. To, it was a fun conversation to listen to, and we got to let's be honest. My hockey knowledge is not what yours is. I, I'm going right. to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. This fantasy hockey thing that we're doing uh, is I have watched more hockey this year than I ever have before. You're welcome. And, and it, well, no, I I like hockey, but I've just never had. Also, I'm a lot spending a lot of time in the office lately too. Here, so I it's it's awesome to have the app to throw up and just watch whatever. I think last night I watched four different hockey games, and it's it's awesome. If you guys don't have the NA, if you like hockey and you don't have the NHL, is it the season pass? It's NHL.tv on Roku. And but you have it's to go the to season pass. You have to yes. go to NHL.com and you have to sign up. Yes, it's a hundred bucks, and you get every out of market game. And every out of market game. And if you have cable such as Spectrum, it's like 160 bucks. You're overpaying. Yeah. Because not only does NHL.tv on Roku, I wish they were a sponsor, but they're not. But even if you go on there, whichever game you go to, you can pick the home feed, the away feed. You can pick a multi camera angle feed where it gives you different angles on the ice at, at the same time. It's it's awesome and it's HD. It's full, it is. it's crystal clear. It, I, have I have zero complaints. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I think last night I watched uh, I watched the I watched I finished watching the third period of yeah. the of the of the Red Wings game. Close but not enough. Well, 
you but know, as we just learned, we just learned. Be patient. You know, that's right. I was going to say that as you was ask, asking that. To me, it looks like that they're not overmatched like they were last year. They're yeah, better. yeah, they're still not. They're better. Cup champion right. caliber, but they. I mean, there's pieces are building. I watched uh, St. Louis and Anaheim. Yep. I watched the overtime of the Wild and the, I think it was the Avalanche. Yeah. Minnesota and Colorado. And Colorado's then I was, got a good young team, too. Yeah. And then I was watching a game as I went to bed. So, I mean, if for 100 bucks, I mean, I really got my money's worth yesterday, for God's sake. It was funny because when we, when we decided to get rid of cable, the reasoning was, all right, hockey's safe. I know I have hockey regardless, so I'm okay on that front. And then... It was like, there's no TV shows that we watch that we can't watch on Hulu the next day. Yep. That's covered. Football, it's seven months away. I'll figure it out. But as long as I have hockey, I'm okay. Yeah, but even at this point, you can watch the the games. You could be, watch all the playoff games through Yahoo Sports. Oh. All the nationally televised football games and the games that are televised in your area are even, available to stream on Yahoo Sports. Even more so, one step further, Greg, if you have Roku, and I know Phil is listening, and Phil just got Roku as well. I saw that. Locast, L-O-C-A-S-T. You download that app and sign in, create a, you know, a free account. All your local channels are free and in HD. Perfect. It's awesome. You will get a little message because it's a free service to say if you want to donate five bucks a month or whatever, you know, those little reminders will go away. But if you just want strictly free local channels, it's there. Yeah, but man, for five dollars for five dollars a month, I'd donate I'd, it right I'd, away. I'd pay it I'd pay in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. I'm winning anyway because I'm not overpaying for cable anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I still have hockey. Yeah, I got um so I, I on that note, Direct TV, AT and T is looking to sell Direct TV to somebody else. And it's AT and T is hemorrhaging money. Um I am praying <laughs> I am praying to all of the gods that could possibly be out there that fucking Sunday ticket goes away and I can get it through somebody other than DirecTV. You know what I'm paying for a month for cable right now? $175 for cable. It's garbage. It's about garbage. I'm about about to shut it off as soon as football season's over because I got hockey now. I don't give a fuck. Right? You don't even have to. You could download Lowcast on that right now and have it and and still watch the Super Bowl with no problem. But anyway. True. It's there if you want to switch. Yep. Um, but I think, speaking of the NFL Sunday ticket, uh, it it won't be with DirecTV next year. I think that's abundantly clear because the NFL has already basically opened up the bidding war, haven't they? I, I can't find anything on it anymore. They said at the beginning of last year that this was the last season and that everybody was saying that Yahoo was going to get it. But they made a point of saying that. They did. The NFL. They did. And I think if if I had to make a bet, I had to put all my chips in on something. My guess, it's Amazon Prime. That Amazon writes a blank check and says, hey, how much for us to get the rights to all there of There are a few games broadcast each year. Typically, the London ones, the 9 a.m. starts, are only available on Amazon or they are simulcast. There's a few of them that you can get on Amazon. Yep. I, I would like to see that. So I, th- I took that as a, as a start. Because you know what? I would, I would pay, I would pay the same amount that I pay right now for my NFL Sunday ticket. Mm-hmm. To be able to watch that through Amazon, the only thing that they got to do is they got to make it so that it's easily bounceable back and forth between games. I don't want to have to back out into the app, load in, yeah, yep. load in, because because like agree. right now when I'm watching it, I can put five of them in the queue and I just bounce back and forth and it's instant. But you know, yeah, we'll get there. Yep. Okay, for so sure. some big news happened this weekend in the NFL. So for some Kool Aid drinkers, yeah, it's um, uh, you know, at the same time, I I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, because 
I have been a Stafford supporter all along because there's a lot of people in Detroit, you know, in the, in our, I'll say our fan base, especially one guy that we know that runs a Detroit sports podcast network that is just celebrating that Stafford's gone. And I made the analogy a few weeks ago. So if your car's engine's fucked up, do you put on new tires? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like people that were rooting for Stafford to go away to me are like just, it's an, it's a cop out. It's well, too, let you, me ask you don't you, have a valid argument. Let me ask you this question. Do you like Matt Stafford because of his toughness and his character and his ability to play football? Or do you like Matt Stafford because he's a Detroit lion? Yes. Okay. If Everything. He, if Matt Stafford played for, uh, see the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears are too easy. I'll say this: like the, the, San Diego, the San Diego Chargers. Would you like Matt Stafford? I would root for Matt Stafford in okay. the same aspect that I have always enjoyed and rooted for Philip Rivers. Okay, so there you go. So I feel the same way. I like Stafford not just because he was a lion, but because it was Matt Stafford. This is one of those rare situations to me in sports that you come across where there's heartbreak and happiness. For both sides of the of the coin, sure. If you're if you're a Lions fan, which is rare, and you're, it, yeah. If you're a smart Lions fan, you're sad to see Stafford go because he's done nothing but represent your franchise to the best of his ability, True. which is pretty good. His entire career, never complained. Never complained. He fights. He plays hurt. All that stuff. Never bitches. Never blames it on anybody else. Never said you know my coach is an asshole. He kind of did this week, but we'll get to that. Fair, fair enough. It, but but. Now that he's gone and you have a, a, a I'm sorry, I think he's a, a more than qualified replacement coming in with two first round picks and a third round pick. This to me is the first step that I've ever seen the Lions ownership since I've been old enough to appreciate it, that they're actually trying to do something right. And they're not just going, well, the dike is crumbling. Here's some, here's some spackling compound. Why don't you go take care of it? Right. They're going to have... An extra third round pick this year, which isn't a huge deal, but next year they have two first rounds, and the following year they have two first rounds. Mm-hmm. There's a lot they can do with that. And listen, they, Dan Campbell said it: we're not going to be contenders this year. We're, this is a rebuild. This is us learning. I, 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 I said it to Darren. I'm putting money on the Rams just because I can. When I go to Vegas in a couple weeks, I'm going to put twenty five dollars down because that team now with Matt Stafford at the helm, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, and an offensive line. And a running back, and the number one, and the number one defense, everything. Yes, everything. He won't have to be on the field after three plays. The only problem the Rams have, the Rams have, they are projecting the salary cap to be 180 million next year because of the revenue losses they took this year from tickets, which understandable. With six players and the dead cap money that they are they are inheriting, the Rams have 122 million dollars locked up in six players. It's not pretty. Six players. It's not hockey where you can get away with that. No, it's not. They, they it's, it's yeah. It's there's no there's no maneuvering. So normally their cap goes up. Yep, yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I mean, I I I think the I think the Lions made a good move. I think the Rams made a good move. I think the Rams want to win a Super Bowl now. And you know what? They're in position to. Short of, I mean, who else? They weren't going to get Deshaun Watson. They didn't have nope. the capital to give up for Delt Watson. Now, Matt Stafford makes them a competitive team for five years. Um, the rumor was that the Rams went to the uh, Packers, and they wanted Rodgers. Untouchable. And like I said to you, uh, yes, that'll be 11 first-round draft yeah. picks and $1 billion. Yeah, in uh, small, unmarked bills. Yeah, ain't no way it's going to happen. Uh, my comment about Stafford not complaining about his coach, um, he told the Lions they could trade him anywhere except... New England. 
New England. And you were like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, where did Matt Patricia just go back to work? And you were like, ah. It does after listening to one Pat McAfee today. Oh, yeah. Hit me up with it. Because of the overall culture at New England. As far as, because who did Stafford play with last year, past couple years? Yeah, Patricia. Amendola. Okay. Amendola is also familiar with the the way things run. Well, up there's there. a lot of there's he, a lot of lions that are familiar with the way yeah, things run up it, there. Yeah, exactly. So it's I think it wasn't just Patricia. I think it was overall. You know, like people have to get their hair cut. Like you know, that there's certain things. Oh, that, football's a business in New England with Belichick. Fair enough, but I I think it wasn't not to defend Patricia because it sounded like he pissed off the entire franchise. But um, I think a lot of it. I'll say it was half and half. I think and, Patricia tried to be a hard ass, and he's not good at being a hard ass. I think right. he tried to be Belichick, but he, Belichick's got there, – there will never be another Belichick. No. no. I mean, just watch his press conferences. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody handles people the way Belichick does. It's the worst. Yeah, it basically tells you to eat your shit, and you eat your shit with a smile on your face. Um, next question. Yeah. Next question. I'll, my favorite ever we'll was when – about the game this week. Yeah, it was when they asked him after the game against Kansas City on the Monday night where – they got beat, and somebody said, is it time to bench Brady? And he just goes, <laughs> Fair enough. Right. That's a dumb question. Yeah, oh, well, they happen all the time. Yeah, I know. Not us, though. Not us. We, we, we bring the good stuff. See, I wanted to tell him how bad I hate I hate the questions that the reporters ask. And if you remember when we talked to Mikey, Mikey Nichols from uh, the wrestling podcast, yes. uh, uh, Breaking Down the Ring, mm-hmm. I asked him all those silly questions. But it seems like every time I ask everybody, is it pancakes or waffles? Everybody says waffles because they got the syrup pockets. So I was going to ask him bacon or sausage. I, you know what? I never thought of the sauce of the syrup pockets. It makes all the sense in the it world. It does, right? It's like a little. It's like a little pocket for your syrup. <sighs> no, I want waffles. Uh, all right. So this is a Super Bowl Super Bowl breakdown this week. We'll go roll roll right into that. This is a sports heavy episode again, guys. But come next week, we won't be able to, we won't be able to do that. Well, we won't be fucked because if the Bucks win this, that's all we're talking about next week. No, it's still hockey season. Too. Yeah, it's still hockey season. So we got the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be in the Super Bowl against Kansas City Chiefs. We got the goat against the potential goat Junior. I mean, if anybody could break Brady's records, this guy's got the ability at this point. Holmes is like one of those baby goats in pajamas. He is bouncing around the farmyard, but not a care bouncing in the around, world. Not a care in the world. Can't catch him. This is going to be a hell of a football game. This is going to be a hell of a football game. I think uh, people are like, "Oh, the Chiefs are too good," or I, I don't, yeah. I, I disagree. I, I, they played in Week Twelve. It was very close. If the Bucks hadn't given up five hundred sixty-two thousand passing yards to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter, a couple banged up linemen. Yep. Uh, both of their tackles are looks like they're going to be out. The yep. Bucks are getting everybody back. Yep. Um, Including Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown's back. Uh, Antoine Winfield will be back. Uh, there was somebody else that they were missing, but they they're going to be 100% full strength. And this is a different team than the last time they played the Chiefs. This is a, a completely different team. Just like they were a different team against the Packers. Yep, they were. Um, who you got? Bucks are the the Chiefs are favored by three right now. I made the mistake of doubting them against the Packers. So, in the interest of the city we live in, I will pick the Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs? You said you doubted them against the Packers. I picked the Packers, didn't I? Yeah, you did. What happened? I see what you're doing. You're using that reverse psychomologically. It all... It all comes around. Pardon the phrase, circles back. It does. Hockey superstitions. My heart... My heart tells me that the Chiefs should win this one. 
Oh, of, uh, of course. My heart tells me Chiefs should win this one. Excuse me. My head tells me that the Chiefs should win this one. Mm-hmm. My heart tells me that I can't pick against my hometown team. Again. And then... What, how did we pick them for the Packers? Then my head says, you're really going to bet against Brady in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I got Tampa all the way. There you go. I can't pick Kansas City and, and use it because I've, I've picked them all the way through. Book it. I, it's going to be a hell down. of a football game. That way, for me, it's a win-win. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no matter what. Either way. Listen, I don't think I'd be angry. I, I'd be disappointed. But this isn't one of those games where it's like they're playing you know, the Raiders or something. I'm like, ah! Yeah. I, it's it's hard for me to root against Andy Reid and against and Mahomes. Fucking Walrus I, is on fire. Yeah, he is. Um, do you know the last coach to go to? Oh man, I, it was a stat. I forgot. It was uh, had something to do with Andy Reid. Uh, three three in, uh, NFC Championship games in a row. Really? Yeah. And now he's going to three AFC Championship games <laughs> in a row. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy, right? It's stupid. I have to look it up, but. Um, Hall of, um, Hall of Famer auto, uh, automatically. Andy Reid? Oh, yeah. 100%. Hall of Famer. 100%. No question. Yeah. I I mean, It'll he, be did a fun he, game. he did what he did in Philly with no quarterback. I don't well, care what anybody um, says. Donovan McNabb was not a great quarterback. Oh, I... I Donovan oh, McNabb is a reason that those teams didn't win Super Bowls. Above average quarterback, I'll say that. Yeah. He was... He was Athletic as hell. Yeah. But when it came crunch time... Yeah. Was, sure, sure enough, he was no goat. He was, he was a, he was, he was a cr- crutch time, or I don't know. I tried yeah. to make a funny joke and I, I failed miserably. So no, I, it, I think you stuck it. Oh, okay, I think Thanks. you stuck the landing on Thanks, that, buddy. Yeah, crutch. Didn't he have a busted leg? I think at one point that he was did. Terrell Owens. That was Terrell Owens. Still he had, fits. He had, he had a busted foot. Yeah, still fits. Um, what my, a day. Yeah, as Nick always says, have a day, kid. Have a day. Have a day. Dude, Jared Kiso. He knows Jared Kiso. I'm coming for him. I'm, listen, I'm not going to lie. We get this guy down here, and we're having Coney Dogs with him. I just might blow him to get Jared Kiso on the show. I mean, I might. I've done worse for less. I will let you. <laughs> I will let you. <laughs> I'll stand guard. Yeah. Um, I'll pay for the I'll Coney cause a dogs. distraction. Yeah. Oh my God! Look over there. It's not Darren McCarty getting a blowjob from some fat guy. <laughs> no, the fact that he knows the the cast of Letterkenny. Shoot your shot, kid. Right. That's Take your shot. Just awesome. That's amazing. The <sighs> fact that he's a not only knows them but is also a huge fan of that show, and just happens to know the whole cast. I mean, mm. right. Awesome. Awesome. God, what a cool dude. Yeah, he was just fucking. He cool. was fun. He was fun. So uh, I guess let's just roll right into Mike's big sack. May as well, because it's, I mean, I, spoilers, already emptied my sack today. Fair. That was, that was awesome. But, and honestly, there's not much else going on. Everything's a Super Bowl. Everything's tied into, you know, Super Bowl coverage, Brady, everything else. There's, you know, there's not much else going on TV-wise because it's not TV season. I mean, you know, there's just, there's nothing going on. Well, there's, so no, I, there's nothing going on on TV. Why? Because what do you watch on TV right now? What show do you currently watch that's on TV every week? Honestly? Yeah. What I'm watching right now on a religious basis, Rules of Engagement reruns on Roku for free. Okay. Because that show is Patrick Warburton to the T. That show's hysterical. It's amazing. Even Oliver Hudson is is great on it. That show, I, I could talk about it for hours. It is, the re, we're re-watching the series right now. It is. Every episode is hilarious. It's it's really really good. Patrick Warburton is another hero of mine. He's incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. 
amazing. Um, so you're not watching anything no, that's on Broadway? Who, not, me either. Nothing. Hockey. Obviously, shocker. Yeah. The, there's no shows on, really, that I watch. On a re- a- Amy's got a couple shows. Like She watches all the Chicago MEDPD, LAPD, VIPA, SAP. She watches all the Chicago shows. Um, Why? It's Chicago. We hope it burns to the fucking ground. Yeah, I, that's what I've been saying. But um, so I have to look for stuff that's going on. And I will say the HBO Max had one of their first new release movies come out last weekend that we did watch. Okay. Which is Little Things with The Little Things with Denzel and Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was very much like Seven. Um, not near as brutal or you know the stuff that was like made you look away or do the the finger filter yeah um it was a cat and mouse movie like chase like denzel was an investigator and oh the guy that played freddie Mer- Ram- rammy malik rammy malik is an obsessed investigator that are trying to catch you know these people you know whoever it is that's killing these these girls or whatever it is and jared leto is absolutely after seeing this movie, I want more Jared Leto as the Joker because this movie, like, he sells it hard. Or maybe maybe we can get our hands on some Jared Leto as Morbius. Yeah, later this year, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they don't delay. I don't think they will. But I, anyway. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I've read a couple of reviews. I've, I've, uh, the reviews were pretty much- People on, like it or hate it. On the line. Uh, the, re- the reviews I said that, you know, it, it was good. They didn't care for the endings. There's it's, several that that's getting the most that's getting the most criticism. I will say, you know, because heaven forbid that we don't have or that we have a movie that's not open and shut. Right. It's an open ended movie. It's basically for your interpretation. Mine is. I I think I know what happened. It's a movie that made you think. Oh, well, I'm not watching that shit. Like seven was one. Like not, no, I got to think. Seven was reactionary. Like I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. This movie it ends in. I'll give it to Crazy Bridget. I didn't like it. Well, what are you talking about? It was great. That the you've got the insane guy that is allegedly the killer. You've got Denzel. It's Denzel. It's awesome in everything he does. I it just it to me it was slow, but it was a thriller. It was suspense. It was it wasn't like it's not Endgame. By the way, you didn't ask me who I thought should play Darren in the movie. Fuck, I didn't. Who's your who? Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Spitting image. <laughs> I mean, nice. I wouldn't be able to tell him. No, I'm kidding. Nice. I don't know. You know, he said McConaughey. They, that was funny. The facial features they've got are pretty, pretty close. But he's too tall. Yeah, he is too tall. Too but tall. still, we could get, we could get. Uh, Kiesel's right there. Yeah, that's true. We could get uh, Michael J. Fox. Skate. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <sighs> okay. So I mean, you liked it. I, I'm going to watch it just it was, because. Just I, because. I, I am I saying it was like the greatest thriller murder mystery ever? No, of course not. But I I was looking forward to watching it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. When you watch it, you Leto's incredible. I don't. I mean, that dude is incredible. He's underrated as an actor, I think. Extremely. Um, I did see an article where Denzel was talking about working with him, and they. It's it's pretty cool. They avoided each other completely. And they asked Denzel about, you know, the crazy shit and Suicide Squad. There there was none of that. He said, if there would have been some of that, I would have had to pay him a visit, which was pretty funny. Um, But they avoided each other on purpose to have that tension. And uh, it just, it showed it. That works. I'm interested to see what you think of it. 
I, I am going to watch it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that actors do and stuff, and I don't know if you know this story. Um, I'm, I don't know if I've told on the podcast before, but obviously I'm a pretty big Bill Murray fan, as are you. As and, you and, and and one of my favorite Bill Murray movies is even though it's not is what a, 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 told a me amazing story. movie is, is what about Bob? It's so good. And it's it's and it's it's a fun, it's not Bill Murray's best movie, but it's just a movie that you can really enjoy watching. I thought it was really well done, and I, I really enjoyed it. But Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss did not get along on the set of of it at all. And after the filming, Richard Dreyfuss talked about what what an asshole Bill Murray was. That he was always. <laughs> fucking with him and picking on him and poking prodding at him and just annoying the shit out of him and he says i couldn't stand him i didn't want to be around him i didn't want to do scenes with him after the movie after it comes out they had to do their press junkets apparently richard dreyfus was not wanting to do any of the press junkets with bill murray because he didn't like him and bill murray called him on the phone and told him said hey i want you to know that i respect you and i love you the reason that i did that on the set was because i wanted that tension between us in the in the scenes i wanted you to not like me and richard dreyfus was like well it worked that's a nice and, level and they're still there's now they're like great friends right but that they, they you could tell that richard dreyfus would just look at bill murray and would like literally be envisioning his death in those scenes the dinner and, scene yeah and it, it, it was it was so some of those guys do stuff like that, and they might piss other people off. But you know what? If you're going to piss him off for six months, and you're going to give me a great product like that, I'm all in. Yeah, and I'm it good was with it. the way Denzel described it was it wasn't for a tension building type of thing. They just they didn't want to have that familiarity with familiarity with yeah. each other. Yeah. in the movie, so that awkwardness was real. And that's not uncommon because they smart. did they did that with Arlie Ermey in uh, the Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. They they did not let him be around the actors. He was only with them when they were doing the the the, the scenes. Right. Um and some other good news. I know I shout shot out a text to you and Richard. The next Thor movie has officially rolling cameras. Yes. Uh there was a picture I actually said Are you all tuckered out from your big dude, your big excursion? I am spent. <laughs> um they actually there was a picture that was photo, or, you know, released online. Chris Pratt's in his Star Lord costume, brand new, sweet looking new type of costume, big big leather jacket. Um, Thor's got the big long hair again, and he is just jacked to the gills. Yeah, he is. Um, partially because he's also going to be playing Hulk Hogan, so he's trying to get even more swole than he already is. Um, so that I mean, that comes out next year. Cameras are rolling. I'm happy. Movie's being shot. I'm about it. So it's being filmed in Australia. So that's, I mean, that's cool. We're in February, so we're what two weeks away from Loki now. Yep, that's coming up because I mean, Disney watched Wandavision episode four. Uh, I can tell you that all of my previous remarks about Wandavision are now gone. I knew they would be. I now, told you. Now it feels like a Marvel movie. I told you. Um, in spectacular fashion. You let's, will, uh, let's make them make us eat the pile of shit before we get mad at them. They did. It's not a spoiler. It's just a hint. But they did cram a big ashy sandwich down your throat and said, "You're gonna like this, regardless." And you're like, "Yep, you're right." Okay, it's nice. it's that good. Um, Excellent. So hang in there. I have half an episode of Swamp Thing, and then I'm on to Wandavision. It's uh, finished Swamp Thing. Short watch too. They're half hour. Half oh really? Hour, half hour, forty five minutes. Okay, in that range. Cool. Mandalorian style. Yes, very similar. Yep. I don't know how many episodes there are. I don't know if it's 8, 10, 12. I, I have no idea. I it's 37, I heard. Didn't, we can only hope. <laughs> that would take us all the way up to the next Thor movie. Right. Uh, and then the last thing, which, I mean, obviously, 
If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, I'm excited. The Snyder Cut comes out next month. Yep. Next month, we get, I get, a four-hour Justice League movie. We had... Um, four hours. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's... Get, hey, give it all to me. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. I'm going to watch it. I Have hope you it's paid good. attention to any of the articles or any of the differences that Snyder is re- slowly yeah, teasing? a little bit. I mean, uh, okay. The color differences, mm-hmm. the costume differences, the the overall look differences. I, I, I'm just, I'm giddy. I'll put it like this. I'm not going to shit on it like Richard does, mm-hmm. but I am going to say that I, I want it to be good. Sure. I, I want to enjoy it. But we've said multiple times that DC seems to fall on its face whenever they try and do something like this, and what they did with Wonder Woman 84 has not instilled my confidence in, in DC. No, and again, like we discussed, Wonder Woman was another example of the studio not liking what the director was doing and forced them to change it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I hope it's good. I do. I hope, I hope it's good. I in really do case, want it to be good. Clearly, HBO wrote a check for Zack Snyder and said, go finish your movie. And that's exactly what he did. I hope I hope it's good. So now, when this comes out, if it's great, he deserves all the credit. And if it's still bad, he deserves all the blame. All the blame. And I think, and I speak, I'm Chris Holcomb could probably answer this, that if you're creating a movie or something like that, that's all you can ask for. If you did it, you deserve all the credit, or you deserve all the, the shit sandwiches people Fair, are going to throw at you. Fair enough. I agree. I haven't seen enough turds from Zack Snyder to to blame or to think that it's going to be bad at all. I, I agree. So I have um that's all I got. I have a question for you that's along this line. Shoot, we got an instant message text from another podcast today called There Will Be Pod, and they um they talk about new episodes and releases and stuff like this, mm-hmm. and they are asking for people to what? send in audio clips about Someone different stuff. Someone has reached out to us. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think it's just through. I don't know if they know it. It may be just that they saw us and follow us or whatever. Um, they want to. They want us to send a brief audio clip with us and who we are, and what our favorite 2020 movie was. So since we're the first month in, in son of a bitch, what what would your favorite 2020 movie be? I don't know, because there wasn't much. I have to go back and look. I, I I honestly I can't think of anything because of everything was shut down after what March. Yeah, I mean we're almost a year away now. Yeah. From that, yeah, I know. Um, I know what mine is, unless somebody shows me something that I forgot I saw. I can't think. I'm gonna have to go back and look at the releases of last year. Mine is um, Birds of Prey. Oh, that's instantly in the discussion. And I mean, Tenet might be up there for you. I haven't seen it yet. You know what I mean? Um, God damn, that's tough because I did see that in Dolby. Yeah, my ears are still ringing. So, um, just a question to think about because there wasn't a lot. There really wasn't a lot. Damn. Uh, now it's not just stuff that was on the theaters too, you know, it's stuff that came out on. on I'll tell on, you what, it's going to take a real heavy hitter to to come before those two. Yeah, because you're right; those two were were the, were the standouts. Because for me. the big ones that were supposed to come out, because Harley Harley Quinn came out in February, mm-hmm. and the big ones that were supposed to come out were start were supposed to start like mid March. No, I remember that. Oh. Birds of Prey came out on my birthday. That's right. Which is. Super Bowl Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah, happy birthday, buddy. The 7th. Hey, thanks, happy man. birthday. Hey, if you want, you can wear that sweet-ass Joe Burrows jersey this weekend. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Greg goes out of his way to get me this sweet Joe Burrow jersey. <laughs> Four days later, Cincinnati, yeah, hey, we're getting new uniforms, Greg. Fuck, of course you are. Yeah, you sons of bitches. So funny. You got hey, my money, you bastards. That jersey ain't going anywhere. All right. So that, yeah, well, that you know what? 
I will go back and relook. But take, I, take a look at it. We'll talk. We'll talk about it next week. I'll do the same thing. I'll go back and look because that's that's just the one that instantly popped into my head. It's going to be hard to dethrone those two. I got you. Ten oh. was amazing, confusing but amazing. Let's do triple trivia. Let's. Okay. Remember last week's movie? Nope. Conan the Barbarian. Okay, here we go. Off and running. Okay. There's two people that I know in that movie. No, there was three people in that movie. The balding Asian guy with the mustache that's in every 80s movie ever. Mako. So good. His name is Mako. He yep. was in Big Trouble Little China. Yep, he was. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. He was the guy with the jumper cables and the sponge. Mm, the no. The first movie. That's a different guy. That guy was a henchman in almost every movie. The guy you're every thinking, movie. The guy you're thinking of that was the, he was also the narrator in, in Conan the Barbarian. He narrated it. Really? Yes. That's the guy who did the talking and the narrating. They wanted Schwarzenegger to do it, but because his accent was so bad, they asked the guys, the actor's name that played the sorcerer not in the Conan. the bald wizard. Yeah. That's I'm Mako. not thinking of him. I'm okay. thinking of the other guy that fought, that had the Fu Manchu mustache. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's the guy, he's in all kinds of shit. Yes. Yeah. And he's always a henchman. Yes. Always. If I remember right, he was in Die Hard too. The first one. Yes, he was the one behind the counter eating the candy as they were waiting for the cops to come in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was in every he was a henchman. Um classic. Okay. And the other people you know? James Earl Jones and Schwarzenegger. And Schwarzenegger. Okay. Well, I can tell you I didn't make it that easy. Oh, well, of course not. Okay. But I am going to give you a monster clue with this first hint, with this first okay. with this first clue. After acting in Conan the Barbarian, Max von Sydow, or excuse me, after acting in this movie that okay. we're talking about today, Max von Sydow made a cameo in Conan the Barbarian. And I will tell you that that's your thread, because you will not get it through Max von, Max von Sydow. It's not Strange Brew? No. That was, that was my go-to. So he did a cameo in Conan the Barbarian. Max. Max von Sydow. Right. And he was a major role in this movie that we're talking about today. He did he did this the cameo after he did this movie. He was in a major role. A major role in this movie that we're looked we're talking about today. After the cameo. No, the cameo he did after the major role. Okay. Conan the Barbarian came out after the movie that we're talking about this week. Well, but Max von Sydow is your threat. Most recently uh, what comes to mind is Force Awakens. Yes. In, in the very beginning. He was in the Force Awakens, which I guess you could consider that a cameo. All right. I'm out. Kurt Russell turned down the lead role because he disliked the slapstick, carefree nature of the film, and he did Escape from New York instead. Oof. Was that a good decision, Kurt? Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of L.A. You know, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, good move. Yeah, and I, say, and, I, and I say yes because you'll understand it when you find the movie. And I'm going to give you probably four clues this week. It's going to be quadruple trivia. So the movie that we're talking about Max was in. Yes. Full, fully. He was in this movie. Yes. Okay. Major character. Shit. I don't have an extensive library of Max von Sydow. That's why work. I get that's why I gave you Max von Sydow. But I'm sure he's been in a ton. Yeah, he's been in a shitload of movies. Um Shit, I don't know. Okay. The director considered commissioning Pink Floyd to compose the music. Fuck, that does nothing for me. I know. That's why There's I'm giving you... There's nothing about slapsticks as Pink That's Floyd. why I'm giving you four. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris would probably kill it at this game. Of course he would. Yeah. Jerk. Genius. Fucking knows everything. Right? 
Uh, okay, I don't just know. Just the way he pulled James Remar out of his ass. Just, like I mean, like, like it's like, nonchalant. I had to go through like seven different shows. Every day He discussion. goes, oh yeah, James Remar. Okay. Yeah, he just, uh, like it's everyday discussion. Okay. It the, is with those guys. The lead character jumping towards the camera screaming, yeah, was improvised by the actor. Nobody could figure out how to end the movie. That could be the most 80s thing ever. Um, jumping to Well, you know that it was early 80s because Kurt Russell turned down this, this role to do right. Escape from New York. Which was early 80s, right? Yeah. And because of his height, the lead actor choreographed and did most of his own stuff. Was stunts. there two people that jumped toward the camera or just one? Maybe there was two. I know that that's shit. I can't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. This is going to give it away. How about it. how I about know. instead of Pink I, Floyd, he ended up with Queen? I, oh, Flash Gordon. Yep. Yep. I was going to say it's not Ice Pirates. No, it's not <laughs> Ice Pirates. Yeah, I yeah not. I can totally picture that now. It was the the ending was improvised by the actor because no one knew how to end the movie. Oh, Dude, that's dead on. Uh, right. You, the, the movie was so many issues with this movie. Could you imagine Pink Floyd having done the music to, to, to Flash Gordon? It wouldn't have been near as good. Yeah, pass. Pa- I mean, hard, I love Pink Floyd, but hard pass. pass. It wouldn't have fit. It wouldn't have. All right, so... Flash Gordon, amazing movie. I, it's so much fun. It's 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 a pile of shit, and it is so Can't much say fun that, to watch. Though. If you love it, it's not a pile of shit. Well, it, it is, it's a pile of shit in the... If you want to put your critic hat on... Sure, you can pick it apart. Oh no, you can pick it apart and enjoy it while you you're watching throw it that because on? there's a lot of bad things in it. You want to throw that on and start slamming some rum and cokes and some oh, popcorn I, with some snow caps melted in? I don't even have to do that. It's a classic. Oh, it's a, it's a classic for sure. If you love it though, it's not a pile of shit. I'm going on record as saying that. You can say that. I'm going to say it's a pile of shit and I still love it. It's so bad, but it's so much fun to watch. There you go. So it's not bad. No, it's bad. If it was bad, you wouldn't watch it. It's bad. It's bad, but I, I like it. You, you can like it. no, you can like bad stuff. Glasses half full, Greg. You can like bad bad stuff. I'm, but I no, the glass is oh, half no. empty. If it's bad, I don't like it. The gla- the gla- yeah, but that, if I throw that only involves black and white movies and dramas, as far as you're no, concerned. No, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, one can't say I don't like musicals. That's day Bla- one. Blazing Saddles. That's always day one. I like Blazing, musicals. Blazing Saddles is not a musical. Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers is a musical. Love it. Yeah. So you like so you like a musical and a black and white movie. Yep. Okay. Both. Both of them. Good job. <laughs> Notebook, shitty movie. Hate it. Why? Because well, there's no redeeming value for me whatsoever. No, that movie was awful. And it was so awful, I didn't even bother. Oh, I had to sit through that pile of shit. That's somebody's favorite it's movie. Like three hours long. That's somebody's favorite movie. It's three hours I'll never get back. Ever. It's all right. She worked it off later. Fair enough. It's uh, all about a trade. The list this week was brought about... Two, two weeks ago, when we found out that Matt Stafford and Detroit had decided that they were going to part ways. Mutually. Mutually part ways. So our list this week is uh, our top five athletes, gifted athletes, whose careers were wasted by shitty organizations. Mm. It's a good list. It is a good list. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. I have an honorable mention because I forgot about them until today. Um. And I feel bad because this guy was amazing. And I probably shouldn't have him on my list simply because he did actually get to go to a Super Bowl. But Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, that's a great that that's I mean I mean one of the best to ever play the game. And and when Kurt Warner wasn't his quarterback, the team was awful. Man of the year winner. 
if I'm not mistaken. He has. He did win NFL Man of the Year Man one time. Year award, yep. Rightfully the Walter so. Walter Payton Award. Yep. So that was my honorable mention. My number five, Tony Gwynn. Dude was a legendary hitter. It was one of the greatest hitters to ever play the game. Yes. And and if you listen to his audio, he sounded like an old white banker. Oh, he did. <laughs> totally. He like, did. When you hear him talking, you're like, that's not an athlete. That's, there's no way that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tony Gwynn was my was my number five just because I can't remember how many times I watched the Padres and would turn the game off literally until I thought he was going to be on so I could watch him hit. The team was the, the organization was garbage. Yep, garbage. Uh, my first one, uh, Charles Barkley. Oh yeah, and you can't say it was they waste. It just it was sad that that guy, I think played in one finals. But and the, it wasn't even with the Sixers; it was with the Suns. It was with the, it was for the Phoenix Suns, which is a phenomenal. God, Dan Marley, um, they were Charles Barkley. They had yeah, that, hadn't been for the Bulls. That was a good team. Again, this goes back to my NBA argument. The league back then they didn't have super teams because every team had all. What I'm going to do one week is I'm going to re- go look at the list of top fifty NBA players of all time. I'm willing to bet seventy five percent or more played in that era of, of the NBA. Probably. And they all had to go through each other to win a title. Yep. They didn't do this jump ship and let's go build a team bullshit that they do now, which is why the NBA sucks. They had to earn it back then. Yeah. Well, there was things in the 80s, you know, the 70s and the 80s is really when sports evolved. Everybody talks about, you know, the dynasty that was the Celtics. I mm-hmm. think they won, what, 11 in a row or 12, seven out of it was they, a shitload. It was when a they gaudy had, number. When yeah. they had when they had Bill Russell and stuff like that, but that's because that it was, was just like just like the Yankees were in the twenties and the thirties and forties. They had the most money. That's where people went to play. And that was before the league was flooded with four future Hall of Famers. Yes. Well, not only that, that you could pay. You, could, you. you had more money. Boston had more money. New York had more money mm-hmm. to pay those players once they got good, and they could literally stack the teams. Yeah. And 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 you didn't have. The college programs and the ability to have as many good basketball players as you have right, right. now. Yep, I completely agree. But yeah, it's it. Charles Barkley was one of those players that deserved to win a title that just never got to. I agree. I love listening to him, and he's 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 just like you or me. Says it like it is. Yeah, he is. Uh, my number four, and this might surprise a lot of people because you don't, you might not think that his career was wasted. But my number four is Dan Marino. Shit, he was my number one. Really. It's a crime against humanity that Marino had never won a Super Bowl. I know that he went to a Super Bowl his rookie year, but here's why I say his career was wasted. He never, in his entire career, had a 1,000-yard rushing back. It's crazy. He never played on a team that had a, a defense that was um, Worth higher, shit. higher than top 10. Right. And yet you showed up at these games knowing that you had to stop Marino, mm-hmm. and you still couldn't. Yep. And if he'd have been... On the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Steelers. The Steelers talked about in their organization drafting him to replace Terry Bradshaw. Wow. And they didn't. They went with a defensive tackle instead. Wow. Steelers would have like nine Super Bowl rings that at this point. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I agree. The Steelers the Steelers would have racked up. So Completely agree. He he is the greatest athlete to never win a, to never win a title. A, t- a championship. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Completely agree. And uh, my buddy and current listener, Trent, will totally agree with you because he is uh, and, a and, Miami and honk. Trent, I concur. Yep. We all can agree. Yeah, I, I that's why I put him number one. Yeah, fair. It's it's criminal. But. I thought your number one would have been somebody else. Nope. 
My number one was obviously Dan Marino because of the long career that he had, obviously. But my number four probably could have been my number one, and that's Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. It's completely wasted career because of that inept piece of shit owner, William Clay Ford. Yeah. Rest in peace. I, I agree. Not really. You know, there's a lot of people that wonder why he retired. Um, I did some research this week, and they basically he said he retired because he knew that Detroit would not let him go. Mm-hmm. That there's no way they were going to let him out of Detroit because they would just yep. at that era. And he says, you know what? I was I was tired of playing on shitty teams. He said I was just tired of it. So you know yeah. what? I I I had made enough money. I'd done what I wanted to do. He, Sayonara. See you later. The more because I heard him talk about this on the Pat McAfee show. I'm huge, obviously new to the party, but I'm a huge McAfee fan. That show, it's like us, but with more people. It is exactly what it feels like. Gotcha. Barry was on there a few weeks ago. Nice. He just, he'd lost that drive to prepare and train. Yeah, and when you know your was, team's going to suck yeah. ass, why? I mean, 10-year ten, ten career, 10 straight Pro Bowls, 2,000-yard rusher. Yeah. Um, rushing, rushing titles. I mean, you know, I and I'll say it again. Emmett Smith should get out of bed every morning, call Barry and say, thank you for retiring. I, well, 100% agree. You know, there's also, and I, I'm not going to downplay what Emmett Smith did as a nope, pro. not at all. But you and I could have run for 1,000 yards behind those offensive lines. I mean, that was that like was you a, made the comparison with Marino. Yeah. Put Barry on that Dallas team. Oh, my God. He's still running. 50,000 yards. It's Yeah. Um, and Emmett Smith was a great running back. Gaudy. Yeah. Numbers. Crazy numbers. Yep, exactly. My number three was a tie. Okay. Barry Sanders mm-hmm. and Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I could have put, put them I, both I, I in had, the same spot. I had to put them as a tie because there's two other people that I wanted to get on this list. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and, and let's be honest, Barry Sanders, quite possibly the greatest running back to ever play. You can make the argument. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Calvin Johnson, maybe one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument. Um, at least Barry Sanders got to go to the playoffs a couple times. I was at one of them. Yeah. 91. Uh, Calvin didn't. Did Calvin? Did he ever go to the oh, playoffs? Oh wait, wait, yes. He went once, but they lost. They got smoked by Philadelphia. That's right. I believe he was on that team that got just black. It was Didn't early they get in his beat career. by Dallas one time too? I can't remember. Regardless, they weren't very good. No, because the last time they played Dallas in the playoffs, they smoked their asses in the Silverdome. Okay, but that was way back in 1991. Yeah, Calvin, Calvin Johnson, so Barry Sanders. I mean, you know, go Lions. Can't disagree. Um, yeah, and and they probably should be number one because of the greatness of them. But you will understand why when you hear my number two and my number one. I got it. Um, my number two. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say. Is that your number two or your number three? It's not because Marino was. I scratched him off already because. Okay. Uh, obviously, we both agreed on Good that enough. one. JJ Watt. So far, yep. So far, and I mean, you can put Deshaun some, Watson in that category too, unless something drastic happens. Um. Deshaun's going to go on somewhere else, and I'm sure yeah. be, be just fine. But so is JJ. Up to today, I what a wasted career so far. Yeah. Amazing, great career. I mean, I think he's Hall of Fame material. He'll, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, without a doubt. Yep. Humanitarian, the way he handles himself, does stuff for the community, people, and the hurricane stuff says, says it all. Um, it just seems like, again, one of those good guys that just gets it. And um, I agree. Incredible defensive end. Yeah, agree. He's he's going to be. I think he's out of there. Hope. I hope he is. He. I think he's going to be. I hope he is too. We'll take him to Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Here's my number. Here's my number two. I'm going to read a description. See if you can guess it. All right. A slam dunk Hall of Famer and perhaps the greatest hitter of all time. 
he unfortunately found himself smack in the middle of the worst Red Sox teams in franchise history. He finished with a record 486 on-base percentage. He played in parts of four decades with the Red Sox and appeared in just seven postseason games. He played in parts of four decades and played in just seven postseason games. If you get swept, you play three. He won almost as many batting titles, six, as he made postseason appearances, seven. Man, baseball's not my strong suit. Um, Boston should be a huge clue. Four decades? Yeah. he's, He's considered the greatest hitter of all time. Ted Williams. Oh, okay. All right. I was going back to... To, to like take Babe Ruth era and stuff. Yeah, I no, get it. No, I was... Uh, when you said greatest hitter, I'm like, Tony Gwynn? Oh. <laughs> Just because of what he did with his his, his career yeah, stats. I, I, yep, I agree. Dude, he played for... So parts of four decades means he played at least 22 years. Right. Seven postseason appearances, and that's seven games. That's seven games. It's tragic. That's... That's horrible. That is tragic. Should have left, Ted. Can't win there. Yeah. You <laughs> gotta kidding. wonder you gotta wonder at that point, back then, was it a loyalty thing? Or was it just a oh, you I, can't you can't go anywhere because we don't let you go? Back then I hundred percent think it was a loyalty thing. I could be wrong, but back then I'm gonna have to look into that. Why think, did he stay? I think that would be a the highest probability answer is because of loyalty. He didn't want to leave Boston. Fair enough. My guess. Could be wrong. Okay. Um, mine, I guess this will be my number one, it's technically my number two, but <laughs> Philip Rivers. Yeah. He, he was on my short list. Loved Rivers. Yeah. I, I, I just. So many bad teams. I was actually pretty sad that, that he's retiring. Um, not because, you know, he was like my favorite quarterback of all time, but he's also one of the last of. The gunslingers. The crew of quarterbacks we yeah. grew up watching. Yeah. Brady, Manning, Breeze. Rivers, Favre, Manning. Manning. I, I mean, yeah. uh, it, that that group of quarterbacks, they're almost gone. Yeah, and you're it's, right. It, you know, Breeze looks like he's on the way out, and Rivers was one of the last ones. Um, but he, just a gamer. Did you see Brady came out today and said that the way he feels right now, he has no problem saying that he could play past 45? Love it. <sighs> stay, Love in, it. stay in Tampa, son. Stay, stay in Tampa. Don't take too many yeah. big hits. yeah. But Why you're, not? You're right, Philip Rivers. Just, I mean, other than the years that they had with Ladanian Tomlinson there, they still couldn't win because their defense was so fucking bad. And you know, you know who else was on my short list that was on the same team? Antonio Gates, Junior Seau. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and you can you can make the argument for Gates as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, how do you have Tomlinson, Rivers, Gates, and Seau, and you can't fucking win? Just tells you how good the NFL was back then. Yeah, it was. Again, like the NBA in the 80s, stacked. Yeah, for sure. All those other quarterbacks that I just named that he had to go against? Yeah, every year. Yeah, plus he was going against Elway some, wasn't he? Yeah. Plus he went against... Early on, yeah. Plus he went... For five years, he went against Manning. Yeah. Nice. It's tough. It's a tough room. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Tough room. Okay, I'm going to do the same thing I just did. This is a football player. Okay. Despite retiring with a career record of 48 and 128... It's not a quarterback either. His team is his team record, not his, not his as a starting quarterback. This guy's not a quarterback. Despite retiring with a career record of 48 wins and 128 losses, no playoff appearances, this player provided a bright spot on the often struggling team. Playing 10,363 consecutive snaps, the longest streak. Bernie Kosar. 
No. <laughs> Disp- <laughs> he, his rascal would break down his battery. Cleveland. Wear out. Yeah, it is. It is Cleveland. It is Cleveland Browns. It is it really? It's Cleveland Browns. The longest streak since snap counts were first recorded in 99. He was voted to 10 Pro Bowls, seven first-team All-Pro selections, and two second-team All-Pro selections in his 11 seasons. Jim Brown. No. Recent. Just retired a oh. couple years ago. Oh, okay. Offensive lineman. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Yep. Central Michigan. I'm sorry. He's probably the best lineman to ever play the game. Anthony Munoz. Ant- okay. Anthony Munoz is a strong argument. That's a deep position. Yes. But you can still say Joe yeah. Thomas and make the argument. Dude. And, Absolutely and could. And never, never. Dude, they lost three times as many games as they won while he was there. How? How can you be that fucking bad as a team? How? Cleveland. Oh, that's right. Cleveland. But guess what? Cleveland just gave us hope. Yeah. Yeah, we'll happen, see. Greg. We'll see. If I mean, Darren McCarty taught us anything today. There's always hope. Just be patient. Just be patient. Just well, I don't know. They have Iserman to be patient with. You know, right, the Browns, you know, the the Browns have been struggling for that guy for a while, so Fair enough. That's a good point. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Fucking better have. Super Bowl coming up this Sunday on Mikey's birthday. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Yeah, let's go Bucks or let's go Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, let's go Chiefs. <laughs> you're from Detroit, so you have to root for the other team. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm trying to help you out, man. I Play along. It. I appreciate it. Play along. I, I am playing along. Go Chiefs. I just but your but your team wins a lot. The team you root for wins a lot, right? No, they don't. I mean, you got four cups. You've got a couple national championships. Oh, that in was there. Ba- that was back then. Yeah, but still, I still remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, you know where watch. to find us. Uh, top five for fighting.com top five for fighting uh, on Twitter top five for fighting on Facebook pick up this book order the book it's awesome uh, my last fight sh- oh, top five for fighting on YouTube um, at putty top five on at Twitter putty top five yeah apparently I'll be and Darren are gonna be sending sending some shit back and forth love it yeah why not it's my new buddy thanks a lot appreciate it hey enjoy my birthday I got a lot of stuff that goes on during this podcast, and I'm trying to make the video more interactive. So we had a special picture that we put up there for Mike's big sack. What was it? It's the picture of... Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. Um, And then I have a picture that's supposed to be up there for the top five list, but I forgot to switch the picture over, so we had Mike's big sack. So if you go to the video and uh, take a peek at it, you'll enjoy it. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll be back next week, hopefully as champions. (sighs) Happy birthday. Let me tell you something about this monstrous Leviathan. Hand goes up. Please don't tell me that he's going to ask. Just wait. When does he kill the vampires? How do you feel about that, Ash? I could not care less. I think we're just going to have to clockwork orange your ass. All right. Wow, that's a good one. Thanks for bringing the room down, Richard. That sounds good. I was literally I can smell the freedom. He always buries something. Here's the precursor to this story. When I first it's like met a cat Nick. in a litter box. <laughs> All right, good one. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you know whatever. And now I have a son in that same infantry. Literally, and it's it's just it's amazing to me.